0: I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Fummy, sir.
2: God damn it. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta
3: fuck
2: to
0: the coast. We get together. Have a few you!
4: As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked?
2: I'm so wasted. Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medic gets out and says, oh my. I'm your Huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Pauline, this calls for the old Billy Barou. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at?
3: Yippee-guy, motherfucker.
2: It's over, Johnny. It's over!
4: Ah, yes. The intro is over. The show is just starting. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday. It is THT Movie Review. And not only is it Friday, Anthony... It is Cinco de Mayo Friday. Shit. Shit. Damned. Are you? That is whack. (laughs) 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 Yes! I finally got the
1: token black guy on the show. Um (laughs) All right, folks, this will be my last broadcast. (laughs) I know it's not February, but, you know, Vox was generous enough to let me on today.
2: Oh, shit. Holy fuck.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> Alright. It is fucking Cinco de Mayo. I do have some Corona, by the way, right here. Um n- n- no lime, by the way. No lime. You don't right. really need lime. I little let's do a quick story before we start this, Anthony. Always up for it. Do you know the story behind why the uh why people put lime in their coronas? Educate me, box. Okay, uh, we in America think it's cool and yummy to put lime in our beers, um, in our Corona. Mo- mostly, you know, they take the bottle. The, you know, the bartenders even hand it to you with a little lime on top. The reason they do this in Mexico is so the flies have somewhere besides the rim of their bottle to land. Ah. So, they do it so flies won't puke all over the rim of their bottle. We do it because we think it tastes
0: yummy.
1: Jeez. Yeah, that's why. It's cool. Don't
4: you ever squeeze the lime in the corona? <laughs> no. You don't need the fucking lime unless you need something for your... Unless you're outside and need something for the flies to land on. That... Is why they actually used the limes, but again, we just we we think
1: it's cool. It's Cool. Anyway, ah, uh, so yeah, just just no different than people on like St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo. Everybody's Mexican today.
4: Um, I am not Mexican. However, I do like Mexican beer. I almost bought some Dos Equis, but damn it. I love me some fucking Corona. Corona makes me think of a of Saturday mornings in Florida when uh. me and my buddy Rigel, who I I brought up Rigel Wednesday night on the uh, on the show, um me and my buddy Rigel would go get a 12-pack of Corona. Right? We would get a bucket, fill it with ice, go to the grocery store, grab a lime, slice up the lime, because, you know, I was a teenager. You know, I'm not a teenager, very young back then. And we would get in my car, which at the time was a Pontiac Grand Am GT, and we would drive down A1A, which, if you've ever listened to a Vanilla Ice song, a- a- A1A is Beachfront Avenue in Florida. So, we would drive down, drinking Coronas, driving up and down the Strip in Fort Lauderdale. How we never got pulled over, I'll never figure out. We did this weeks, months, almost a year in a row. Just every Saturday. We would get up, we would go get Corona, we would garnish the bucket, and we would drive up and down fucking Fort Lauderdale Strip. (laughs)
1: What? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Box, box. Um, you need to write a book, man. If, if fucking Pete Gas can write an autobiography, <laughs> Box Man can write an autobiography, that it will sell just as much, if not more.
4: It, it's funny. I actually, I, I was, it, I commented on a post that he put out today, uh, and you know, I was mentioning that, and he's like, "Man, I think about that all the time. How did we never get pulled?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't know," but I'll tell you what. Jeff Hardy, you know, will go to wrestling a little bit, always says there's a bump card, and eventually all those, you know, all those little spots are punched. Mm-hmm. I believe back then I got all my lucky cards punched, and uh, I don't even tempt to do shit like that anymore, dude. No, 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 no. But yeah, dude, we did that every Saturday. We would just get in the car, drive up and down the fucking strip. It was fucking awesome, dude. It was great. Saturdays in Florida, man. Then we would, you know, end up, usually we would end up at Rigel's house that night with tons of people over with kegs. And there was one night we bought a case of Schlitz. No, no, oh. no, blue bull schlitz, quartz, thirty-two ounces. We bought a case. I think we paid like twelve bucks for the whole case. The guy just wanted to get rid of it. We were so drunk and so hungover the next day.
1: Yes, this is. The, we might have to switch gears and make this the drinking <laughs> broadcast because you bring <laughs> back memories for me too now,
4: dude. I I mean, we got these at a, and when I say a hood store in Delray, I mean, he told me to stay in the car.
1: Those are the best spots to go to. Yeah. It <laughs> can be dangerous depending on where you're at. But.
4: <laughs> Delray could be dangerous in Florida. But he looked at me and went, Dave, you should probably stay in the car. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, You,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, Del Rey could be I remember once I stuck my hand out the window at a stop sign and waved someone along. He looked at me and went, Don't you ever stick that white hand out the window and wave someone across again? <laughs> oh, girl.
3: <God.
4: laughs> you get that shit blown the fuck off, man. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, uh, this isn't going to be a very long movie. And uh, B-Megs is saying Modelo tastes like Heineken. I have actually not had Modelo, But tomorrow. Tomorrow is another day.
1: <laughs> so, well, so I guess while we're on this real quick, uh so you're more of a beer drinker than like a drink drinker? Uh
4: yeah. I mean, you know, you got liquor. I'll uh I'll do some shots in between some beers. Ah. But um You do
1: Jaeger Bombs? Oh yeah. Ah. Yeah.
4: I'm yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do Jaeger straight. Nice. I'll shoot Jaeger straight, dude. I've drank much Jaeger. Jaeger. Uh, let's see. I'll I'll break down a few things I do like. I like Jaeger. I love Goldschlager. Uh, Rumpelmans. Uh huh. Rumpelmans makes uh, something called Black House H A U S, which is a kind of a uh, black licorice flavor, which would sort of be like Sambuca, which I love. I love Sambuca, both, both. You know they have the clear and the black Sambuca. I love them both. Tequila, I'll drink some tequila. Don't like whiskey, hate whiskey. Uh, If it's all, so no
1: Jameson for you then.
4: If it's all you got, I'll take a shot. But uh, I won't be happy. My mouth will start watering. I might puke. I might puke. Uh, Bloody Marys with gin. B-Megs in the chat. I, I I'm I'm with you, dude. There is nothing like a fucking Bombay Sapphire. Oh God, you're right, dude. A Bombay Sapphire Martini is or a Bloody Mary is awesome, dude. I love gin. Gin is one of those things not a lot of people can handle, but Tanqueray and Bombay Sapphire are two of my favorites. Tanqueray makes a vodka. Tangare Electric Sterling Vodka. It is the smoothest. But you know what? As far as I'm concerned, fuck Grey Goose and all those. You give me Tangare Electric Sterling, I'll drink the bottle. <laughs> that shit will go down. It doesn't have that rubbing alcohol taste to it. Yeah. Um, it's really smooth. It's shot worthy. I mean, I'm talking better than absolute, in my opinion. You know, better than Grey Goose, Tanqueray makes a great vodka. I like vodka. Pretty much, I'll drink anything but gin. Or I'm sorry, whiskey. And um, I'm kind of weird on the fruity stuff.
1: Can you do Mike's Heart Lemonade?
4: I could do it, but I can do like three, and then I feel like I'm I've, I've got like a sugar rush. Ah. Uh.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. I, I, it gives
4: me, I feel like my mouth starts, I, literally my teeth start feeling like, I don't really eat much sugar anyway. I'm not really like a, you know, candy and soda guy. Right. You know, so sugar, I, I've and I've never been like that. According to my parents, I've never really been like the, you know, sweets person. So, you know, but I... Sugar and me don't get along, just like I've said before, me and caffeine. Mm. Caffeine and my body don't get along either. I feel caffeine for days.
1: Yeah. Now, um, what's your gauge for a bar? See, for me, I'm a Long Island type of guy. And like, whenever I go to a bar that I've never been to before, if they can make a good Long Island, I know that bar is going to give me a good time.
4: I've never been i i i've never gone to a bar and been like you know can you make a good blah blah and be like if you know whatever i i i dude being a beer drinker is the easiest thing because you can always go to a bar and order a coors light because yeah beer is beer a beer is beer you can go to a bar and order a coors light be careful what you order on draft when you go to little dive bars yeah Um, (laughs) yeah yeah i've learned i've learned some hard lessons that way (laughs) there was a little bar that we used to go to called um Charlie's Rustic Bay Inn. Charlie's Rustic Bay Inn was a little place in Fort Lauderdale uh, off of Sunrise Boulevard, which was in a warehouse district. You walked in this place. There were two televisions, two old school TVs playing porn. I don't mean softcore. I mean hardcore porn. I'm talking hardcore porn. Two TVs playing porn. Pool table in the back. There is a two-foot dildo, and I mean two feet long, hanging from the bar. Jesus. Um, and this place, if you ordered their, their tap beer, you never knew what you were getting. I know one night I was getting a, a Mickey's. <laughs> From like 1982, I, I, I oh, <laughs> it was so so bad. Um, it, by the way, Charlie's. There was some very good nights in Charlie's, um, and a couple of bad nights. That place is closed down now. There was a very bad shooting there one night. I, I was already gone by that, but, um. Oh. Yeah, this place was insane. You could put a dollar on your beer bottle. All right, you, you you following me?
1: Yeah, I know what you mean.
4: If you laid a dollar on your beer bottle, the bartender would pick it up. Not with her hands. Not with her mouth. With her vag. Wow! Right off your bottle. She would pick that dollar up right off your fucking bottle. Now, if you wanted to drink that again, that was your
1: choice. <laughs> yeah, and I'm imagining this. is I don't know. Were they, what would you say? Were they medium level at least? Because I can't imagine the chicks at this establishment being uh, top shelf quality.
4: There was two girls there that were pretty good there were another few that were yeah yeah rough um put it this way stone cold steve austin would have probably dated them maybe undertaker
1: <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, we've uh, seen some of their dating women <laughs>
4: rough rough looking rough looking couple of rough looking girls there but uh you know it, 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 it was a cool place not a very known place but um, you know, if you knew about it, it was a kind of a weird place to go,
1: man. Yeah. But and I do uh, want to say, yeah, B Mags in the chat is right. Uh, Four Loco is no good, no bueno.
4: No, when Four Loco first came out, it was dangerous shit, dude. And they, I,
1: I had one, and it fucked me up. <laughs> you know,
4: I'll tell you, I was a, able to have two Four Locos when they first came
1: out. You better man than me. I which one did you have? Uh, I thought I think it was the fruit punch one. I I had the lemonade one, and I'm not a lightweight mm. when it comes to drinking, but that lemonade one, I sw- I was throwing up, shitting for like two days off a of fucking one.
4: There's one beer that did that to me after I had two 16 ounces. It's called the Natty Daddy. <laughs> it's eight something percent alcohol. I drank two of them one night, mm-hmm.
1: and I couldn't stop throwing up. Yeah, and, and did it hit you instantly, or like was it like over a gradual thing? Because for my mine was gradual. It started off as a headache, and then that transitioned to a lot of other shit.
4: Um, Basically, what happened is I drank the first one, and I had a decent buzz. And I'm like, man, I might want to think about that second one. And I said, fuck it. I mean, it's not like it's fucking, you know. Not like I'm doing 12 shots or anything. Well, uh, yeah. That shit's like doing fucking... Like I said, there's 16 ounces. It's like... Dude, actually, they're 24 ounces. I'm sorry. They fucked me up, dude. Horribly. I've never bought another Natty Daddy till then. And basically, it's like Natty Ice Ice Ice. Uh. It's natural ice ice ice. It is... It didn't taste good. Now, Four Loco, I don't like because I don't like when you take shitty beer and try to flavor it to make it good.
1: Yeah, and honestly, the Four Locals are misleading because when you actually drink them for the first time, you really don't taste the alcohol content. You taste more of the flavor, like he was saying.
4: Yeah, yeah, and I don't like when you try to, uh, you know,. Flavor up a shitty beer, like I said. It's really not good to me. I did not like Four Local. Now, another thing that was dangerous when it first came out was... Uh, and yes, they do still make not the fl I haven't seen the flavored ones in a long time, but they do still make saint original. Um, P-Megs wanted to know. The... Um, oh, what was I saying? Damn it. I lost it. Damn it, I gotta quit smoking weed. But, um, yeah, dude, there's... There, but, yeah, that, that the Natty Daddy is fucking gross. Oh, Goldschlager is another thing that was... That's what I was talking about, is another thing that was dangerous when it first came out. Shit was like 107 proof. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was... Re- they had to back off the Goldschlager when it first came out. And I mean, I've drank. Oh my God, I've drank bottle. I drank a bottle of ghost lager one night driving home. I I don't remember driving home, but I did. But I don't know, man. Anyway, I've had so many drinking experiences. I would need friends here to remind me of what they were. <laughs> Put it that way. I never remember until my friends start talking. And I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I remember that. But I know we got into this because Cinco de Mayo always, though, will remind me of driving down A1A with my buddy Rigel, drinking Corona with a bucket of ice and lime. Yeah. You know, I I don't know why. Like I said, it was always on a Saturday. It wasn't like it was on, you know, every 5th of May we would do it. But for some reason, this always reminds me
1: of it. Now, Box, let I me, mean, when you, when you go out drinking, when you're, like, say you're going to prepare for a night of drinking, mm-hmm. all right? and you already know in advance that you're going to get fucked up that day. Do you pregame or can you just drink it straight? As I've gotten older, I've learned to kind of pregame, get some food on my belly. Cause sometimes when you go in hardcore and just start drinking, that's where you kind of like <laughs> fuck yourself up. So you need to kind of have like a cushion in your stomach before you start drinking.
4: Yeah, you got to eat, but you got to know what to eat. You gotta, yeah. you, you gotta. Carbs are good. Pasta, yum. Bread, good. Steak, iron, all that protein, very good, very good. Um, don't go eat fucking, you know. Don't go vegetarian before a night yeah, of drinking. Don't eat
1: salads, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could you know, I mean, you could, you
4: you could throw a salad in there, but make sure you got some meat with it.
1: Yeah, some chicken, yeah, chicken, fish, something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and also don't mix your drinks, folks. No, no, no. If <laughs> so no, you no, want to no. go out, you know, just try to keep it consistent.
4: No, 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 no. Some, I mean, I can mix. I know they say beer before liquor, you know, never sicker liquor before beer. I can. I've look. I've definitely had some sick nights, but I've I can mix. I can, you know, like I said, I like doing shots while I'm drinking beers. Uh, it, it, it's I, I I can do it, but. Don't if you can't handle it. Some people cannot handle doing it. I've just always been able to do it.
1: But like was I said, stream mixtures though, was it or was it like pretty like even keel?
4: I usually always started my nights with a couple beers. And then, you know, we would end up at Krabby Jack's. Uh we would end up doing shots of my our friend there, Jeff, made us something called a Mongolian motherfucker. It was basically a Long Island iced tea with grenadine, ice, and gin. Now, you know, a a real Long Island iced tea is seven liquors. Yeah. So imagine, and this shot went down so fucking smooth, you thought you were drinking Hawaiian Punch. Ah. Little did you know, four shots later, you would be fucking, you know... Fucking, I mean, literally, you'd be giving shit back you never stole. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking, just oh my god, dude, I, horrible. But you know, and and of course, then we would get our bill, and it was like twenty five bucks. You know, for wow, that's a good time for six hours of drinking. We'd give the guy you know one hundred and fifty bucks and get out of there.
1: Yeah, because it's, we actually have a spot in Philly. I don't know if you eat Brazilian box, but literally, mm. it's, it's a BYOB spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty five bucks a person will get you all you can eat, every animal you could think of. Dude. They they won't they they basically feed you until you say no bueno. You can't take it no more, dude. And the alcohol, it's the perfect place to kind of like eat, drink, and. Have a good time. Get fucked up. as long as you have a designated driver, of course. Do or we? Uber account.
4: Are you asking if we have Brazilian restaurants in Texas?
1: No, no, no. I said, I say it's a spot in Philly. Like oh, I know you probably down there, dude.
4: They are everywhere here. But two things in Texas that's huge: your barbecues, your barbecue places. Believe it or not, and your we have Brazilian steakhouses on every fucking corner. Nice. They are everywhere and they arrange in price. We have one place here, uh, Texas day Brazil. It's you know, it's fifty bucks a a, a, a person, but oh my Is god. Is that all you can eat? All the meat, salad bar, they have the a su- yeah, soup bar, they have a um meat you know they the, 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 it it's the card you know you turn over the green and you know they'll keep bringing yeah, the same here, same here that's yeah, how yeah, got yeah, it yeah same thing you turn over the card but yeah they have a salad bar they have an ice cream bar they it, it's it's huge here
1: but yeah mean, a- let me tell you you have not lived until you ate a chicken heart for the first time
4: <laughs> all right i ain't going there but
2: no 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 i'll i'll
4: i'll i'll stick with a chicken titty I'll I'll go chicken breast all day. Yeah, yeah.
1: it wasn't the best, but you know, I, I'm an experimenter. What can I say? Yeah, and B
4: Megs brings out another good point. Careful smoking weed when you're really really drunk. Uh, he's right. If you weren't high when you started drinking, you're really gonna <laughs> you're gonna start spinning. Remember one foot on the floor when you're sleeping. If you're yeah, mad, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I had a night like that where I I drank so much and I ended up at a Wawa, and I'm still trying to figure
2: out how I got
4: there. Dude, I there's so many nights I've looked out like, I, I I've looked out front like to check did I drive home? Yeah, <laughs> and I'll see my car and I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I don't even remember where I was. I had to call friends, be like, dude, why is there a keg in my house? Yeah. Oh, we stole that before we left. Why? It's empty.
1: Yeah. I don't know. We were hammered and stole the keg. <laughs> yeah. That's probably one of the few benefits of, like, all of this technology and everybody having a cell phone and cameras oh, and all. Yeah. You can you can piece together the night before better. <laughs>
2: hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah, probably. Because there's plenty of nights that, like I said, I need my friends to piece together many a nights and, uh, they're in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piecing together many a nights would be would be tough. Would be tough. But uh, all right. I, 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 I guess we should get into this movie, shouldn't we?
1: Yeah. <laughs> People gonna tune in. They gonna download this episode and be like forty minutes in. When the fuck are they gonna get to the movie? <laughs> Especially if they're a fan of not another team movie. Uh,
4: uh, well, we're only yeah, we're about thirty minutes in actually. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, you know, as you said at the top of the broadcast, it's really not a lot to get into, but it's still a fun movie to uh, stroll down memory lane with. This is. The, the This is. And like
4: I said, Anthony said just a minute ago, we're doing not another teen movie from uh, the year 2001. Um, this movie, in my opinion, by listening to the soundtrack, was probably made nine, late 90s and didn't come out until 2001 because the soundtrack is very 90s. It's a lot of 90s bands doing 80s songs. Um, This movie, there's not a huge plot to this movie. The plot to this movie is it makes fun of every, almost every teenage coming-of-age movie over the decades um they make fun of uh Fast times at ridgemont high i saw breakfast club there's a scene we'll definitely get to um 16 candles 16 candles pretty and pink risky business they even shoot a risky business i mean that that's an old 80s movie an old tom cruise movie
1: and uh, if you want to get 90s uh she's all that uh, the uh-huh. Best, uh american pie
4: can't hard- Blues. Yep, can't hardly wait. The like you just said, uh, varsity blue. Ten things I hate about you.
1: Actually, I don't know if you. I don't know about you, box, but that, I actually enjoyed that one.
4: <laughs> you know, a few of the movies I just mentioned, I've actually enjoyed. I, I, she's all that was not horrible. 10 Things I, I mean, Hate About You. I don't think I you. ever saw
1: that one. I think I passed on that one.
4: Yeah, 10 Things I Hate About You wasn't bad. Can't hardly wait. Was Look, anytime I can look at Jennifer Love Hugh and I'm a happy man. Uh, you mean
1: Jennifer Love Hugh's tit? I mean, oh. sh- we, we cannot underestimate her contributions to the 90s. <laughs> mm.
4: Yeah, she did contribute a lot to the 90s. And she's been contributing the, 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 lately, dude. She's been taking all these pictures of her... She was taking all these pictures of her when she just had a baby of her breastfeeding. Beautiful, beautiful girl. Yes. Yeah, Yeah,
1: she's she's held up pretty well.
4: Her and Alyssa Milano were, like, you know, taking titty pictures,
1: breastfeeding. Beautiful stuff. Uh, Ah, Alyssa Milano. That's another one.
4: Still looking amazing to this day.
1: Yeah. She can ask me who's the boss anytime. Absolutely. (laughs)
4: <laughs> it's an extravaganza. <laughs> All right.
1: Anyway, uh, it's only right that we make random '80s and '90s references because of what we're reviewing tonight.
4: Yeah, I mean, th- this movie literally though made fun of so many of um of the. I, is she married to
2: Freddie Prince? I
4: don't know who's married to Freddie Prince Jr. To be honest with you. Yes.
1: Oh, another aspect of this movie, while I'm thinking about it, it didn't just make fun of uh, movies. Mm-hmm. It actually made fun of, like, the uh, typical high school stereotypes. It like, did. Like, who, like, where did you fit in in high school, Box? Where would you say you were? Because this movie basically breaks it down, like, the token black guy, the geeks, the mm-hmm. sports, the jocks, that type of deal. Um,
4: I certainly the wasn't games. the geek. I wasn't the jock. I was kind of the party kid that got along with everybody in high school. Ah. I had, you know, jock friends, gangster friends, fucking, you know, nerd friends. I just, I've never cared, dude. I never cared who you were, what you did. You it, Look, everyone has something cool about them if you fucking talk to them. Everyone. I don't care what they are, what they look like. Just fucking talk to people. There's something cool about everyone. And I know now nerdy is cool, but... I was probably a little nerdy in a way, if you think about yes, it i i'm a, I'm yes, a skinny guy i'm a kind of skinny guy i you know i'm not in the smart way by, though because I was not really the i never was a very good student i never did very good in school uh not that i couldn't i just i was the d g f didn't give a fuck, never did homework, never gave a shit. Always in trouble in school, suspension. The teacher fucking knew me very.
1: <laughs> the- so wait, so box of I me and yeah, she. I mean, this kind of is in line with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Not another teen movie. And yeah. We might as well kind of like cross reference other movies. Since okay. it, it does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the reasons why I like The Breakfast Club is that you know that's a, it was well written, and like you said, it's something cool about everybody once you get to know them, mm-hmm. and that's how. That's basically the whole formula of that movie. Right. Now, did you ever go through that one of those deals where? Like, somebody that you maybe didn't get along with, that once you sat down and talked to, you oh, you're a cool dude, and, or vice versa, where they kind of felt like, yeah, I, at first I didn't like you, or I just thought you were, like, the weird kid, or I couldn't, like, I couldn't stand you, but then I got to talk to you. you pretty decent guy. Oh, this you is ever had those type of moments in high school?
4: Many people like that. Many, many, many people that I, that I just was like, yeah, oh, I don't want to talk. And then once, you know, you'll end up either sitting beside them in a class, or one of your friends of a friend on... You never know. And then once you start talking to him, holy shit. Guy's fucking just, you know, he had a shit fucking life. And, you know, he's not
1: a bad guy. Yeah. just That Judd Nelson effect. Yeah, I mean, you know... They thought he was an asshole. (laughs) Like, once you talk to him, like, oh, he came from a shitty background. Yeah. No no wonder he's a dick. Yeah, I mean, really? uh, I mean, it, it,
4: it... like if if you had to take a breakfast club character and kind of be like all right well which one would be you you'd have to cross me between most of them i mean i'm i was sort of the weird you know nerdy in an awkward way kind of like the anthony michael hall
1: oh that was me i i i, I own that one that was and, basically me <laughs>
4: but but i was the stoner kid like bender not really the sports guy. Um, never really the sports guy, but, you know, I mean, well, I, 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 I I, had a little of, I mean, I, I'm really the same way I am now. I'm sort of a, you know, I'm half nerdy, half
1: party guy. Well, I, I'll put it to you. I, I, maybe you said you weren't the sports guy, but I could see you being like the Estevez role. Because you could tell, like, in the movie where even though he was the sports guy and you said that wasn't you, mm. you could tell he was the type of guy that pretty much got along with everybody.
4: Yeah, I mean, when I say I mean, I played like like beach volleyball was something I liked. <laughs> that's what I was good at. You know, that
1: was you did a did it for the girls. Please say you did that for the for the women box. Oh my god, beach volleyball! Every time because I can't I can't hold that against you if that's why you did, dude. Wendy, uh, why else would you go to the
4: beach to play volleyball? You're why not, would you
1: jump up and down as a grown ass man and hit a ball over a net?
4: My God. I, I mean, one of the sports I love watching on the Olympics is beach volleyball. My God.
3: <laughs> <Okay>.
4: <laughs> yeah, dude. Look, there were, first of all, I did love... It actually was fun to play beach volleyball. But a plus to it was watching boobies bounce while you're playing volleyball. Yeah. So, I mean, that I, I like that. But, I mean, I was never a real... Sports guy, you know, seventh grade, I tried a couple sports. Just yes. not really good in the moment, so never really bothered after seventh grade. Uh, you know, kind of yeah. just started partying, and that's what I got into when I, you know, started about freshman year, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what they say, freshman year is pretty much when you define, like, who you are. hmm And it's like, yeah, it's like pretty much, I would say anybody that's been through high school or currently about to start high school, the best advice I could say is be the party guy. (laughs) Because generally speaking, if you're the party guy or the weed guy, so to speak, you can pretty much fit in with everybody.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I see B-Megs in the chat bringing that up. And that's really, let me tell you something. You sit down at a party and smoke a joint with somebody, and I am not advocating you know go to to you know go sit and smoke a joint but no you know what i am advocate, advocating it go sit and smoke a fucking joint with somebody if you think they're weird you're going to find out something they're just like you they're yeah. as weird as you
1: everybody's in the fucked up shit i don't Listen, care what
4: anybody says every we're all weird in our uh, and you know this movie sort of does explain we're all weird in our own fucking way just fucking let it go, dude. Listen, every like I said before, everyone's got something cool. You will find, no matter what you thought of someone, there's something you have in common with everyone. Everyone. Yeah. We exactly. all have something in common with you, like it or not. We do. We do. And, you know, you sit there and talk to someone, especially over a fucking J. Believe it or not, you'll say anything sitting there smoking a joint.
1: Yeah. Yeah, now, what, what, what would you say is the better true serum? Weed or alcohol? Because people tend to get reckless when they drink. But I think weed is a little underrated in terms of that true serum. Because you're relaxed. And you you can say some pretty fucked up shit when you high. People are just kind of like brush it off because you high, <laughs> And they just assume you don't really know what you're talking about.
4: I'll put it this way. I've said some of the most outlandish shit drunk. And when I thought about it afterwards, I'm like, "Damn, I kind of meant that shit." Like I basically said what I would have said had so- I had I not been afraid to say it. So, I think alcohol might be a better truth serum. I think weed you just say some crazy shit. I mean, look, I listen Five minutes ago I forgot what the fuck I was talking about. That's weed. Matter of fact, I might take a hit in a second here. I got some uh got some gorilla glue number four here, I'm hitting. Uh but I, I mean weed you might just say some crazy shit, but I believe alcohol is more of a truth serum. I believe the drunker you get, the more the more you let go. I mean, alcohol is known for you know, just releasing in a, you know all your inhibitions and letting you go. Letting you go. Weed is to relax. Yeah. No one's ever used weed as a truth serum. People have fucking gotten people drunk and gotten the truth out of them many times.
1: Oh, yeah. And the thing, the the funniest thing about weed to me is the more somebody smoked, all of a sudden they just start to get, like, philosophical. That's what I've noticed. (laughs) People start breaking down books and theories and (laughs) breaking down... (laughs) And the funny thing is, when you hire, it makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense. Dude,
4: there is many a nights on here I'm breaking shit down, and I'm just talking stoner talk, man. <laughs> if you people uh, haven't figured it out, that's what's happening.
1: Check the archives. The THC archives for those episodes, folks. But meanwhile, it's still me.
4: It's still me. I mean, I'm... I'm Yeah, but I mean, come on. I've been high since I was 15 years old. I'm 41 now. I think I'm used to it by now. (laughs) I think I got the hang of this, if you know what I'm saying. I think I do. But all right. We've been saying this for almost 40 minutes now, like Anthony said. Let's get to this goddamn movie. Um, 2001 movie. Uh, basically, like we were saying, it makes fun of, or parodies, a ton of movies. We were mentioning them in some of the movies before, we mentioned Better Off Dead, we mentioned uh, Better Off Dead, actually we didn't mention, it. there is one quick scene in here that kind of parodies Better Off Dead, which is an old 80s movie, Have you ever? Seen, I bet you haven't even seen that, Anthony. What
1: is it called, Better Off, uh, that's a John Cusack, isn't it? Oh, oh. oh. Yes, it hey, is. Hey, I, I, I do my research, and like I said, I, I'm an old soul. I like a lot of olds. I like the. I still watch the Honeymooners, and I love Lucy reruns. <laughs> okay,
4: all right, yeah. Better Off Dead was a John Cusack movie. We need to do that one night because that is a very interesting movie on how John Cusack actually did that movie. He hated every moment of
1: being there. On that. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, 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 kind of reminds me of like Andrew McCarthy. You know who that is, obviously, right? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I, I think he kind of had the same type of views of like being a part of the Brad Pack. A lot of those guys, like, <laughs> they kind of hated me and lumped together. Because even though they were successful in the 80s, mm-hmm. like towards the end of the decade, they kind of got like, Hollywood kind of discarded them like a yeah. used condom.
4: Yeah, and, and and he's and Andrew McCarthy from you know Saint Elmo's Fire and you know basically was a, a a part of the of the the
1: the brat pack, which the brat pack. And that, that, that's an underrated guy. And I, that, that, a, lot, a lot of those guys in that group and girls, I actually enjoyed them all. Like, they did a lot of stuff post-Brad Peck that I personally mm-hmm. enjoyed. Yeah, and, you know, if
4: you watch Law & Order SVU, Andrew McCarthy pops up every now and then as an attorney.
1: And he's pretty—he's a pretty fucking good actor. I don't care. I love Mannequin. Mm-hmm. He did a movie with Kelly Preston and Helen Hunt, Only You, that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm.
4: And, I, I, dude, I'm with you. Mannequin is a good Movie. It's not. And we can at
1: Bernie's. I just want to toss that in there. Oh, oh fuck. Fuck. fuck yeah. But we could probably play into. but We might have to do a. I don't know how many downloads it the give up. Fuck it. We might have to do an Andrew McCarthy tribute episode. We might. Because he actually. Man, did I sit here and think about it? He was in a lot of shit that I enjoyed over the years. Yeah. Yeah, he was. And there was another guy that was sort of always
4: mistaken for him. God damn it. Who is it? And I know what movie he was in. Oh, What's the movie? The movie he was in is called Turk 182. If you've never seen Turk 182, hold on a second here. Uh, Turk 182 is a 1985 movie, real quick. Uh, it's got Robert Wagner in it. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Blast
1: from the past with that one. Yes. I mean,
4: Spencer, Or I'm sorry, Robert Urich. Spencer for hire. I'm sorry. Oh. I completely messed up there. Robert Urich. Uh Timothy Hutton is the guy that always sort of gets mistaken Oh yeah 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 for Andrew McCarthy. Um and you know it, it it's just, you know, kind of a, but um Turk 182 is a really good movie. Robert Urich gets hurt and uh, and uh you know, uh Timothy Hutton fights basically City Hall to get his brother uh, some uh, a surgery that he needs. It's a really good movie. It's I know it's from 1985. My dad showed me this movie when I was hmm, probably 13 years old and I have loved it ever since. I won't lie. I watched this movie 2 weeks ago and I called my dad and told him I was watching it and he was proud of me. Good man. You know, there there's there's really I'll admit there's a lot of movies that I watch just because I remember watching them with my dad. You know, Very cool. Dirty Harry, the original Dirty Harry. You know, the, the 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 you know the Clint Eastwood movie is one of them. I watched that with my dad. I will never forget watching that movie with my dad and him him trying to be you know explain how fake how movies were fake to me. Uh, that was the movie he explained that movies were fake to me because he wanted to watch it uh-huh. and I happened to be there, but he didn 't want to send me away, so he started explaining how movies weren 't real to me that 's when I found out during during watching a a showing of Dirty Harry is when I found out how movies were
1: made. <laughs> So he just he just broke it down to you like he just destroyed all of your moment your all, all of your childhood innocence right there like look <laughs> when they shoot somebody in the movie it's not real son
4: <laughs> yeah those
1: are blanks <laughs> and
4: I, I I think he was trying to make me you know I mean that's a pretty bloody movie and uh you know I, I think he was just trying to calm me down not have me have nightmares and you know it might have helped because I realized that you know a light, and the more I watched it the more I knew. I could see what he was talking about, how fake the blood was, how this, how that. So, I mean, my dad basically educated me on how movies were. Never told me wrestling was fake until I was 11 years old, but, you know.
1: <laughs> but I don't know. I, w- I will say, like, I'm not like a, wh- you know, like, we're already off, t- off subject. But I never, I'm not a big horror movie guy. Me neither. But I will say, like, like, the horror movies from, like, the 70s especially, mm-hmm. pre-technology, even if somebody were to sit down and tell you, like, though that's fake and point out to you, like, oh, this, that's fake. That's not real. They were so like old school and, you know, and they're, like I said, they were basically, uh, like I said, pre-technology. So they couldn't CGI up and make it blatantly look fake. Mm-hmm. A lot of them looked, like for some reason as a kid, when I first saw Jaws, that scared the fuck out of me.
2: Yeah. That
1: fucking yeah. shark. I don't care what nobody's, you couldn't tell me shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was real to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, like I said, it, it, was for, it was basically a giant mechanical shark. It was. It was. And, you know,
4: B. Megs is asking what happened to Hollywood. Ooh, I'm echoing. So give me a sec here. Uh, Hollywood from Mannequin, who was played by, I believe, Mayshock Taylor.
1: He, uh, unfortunately, he passed away. He passed away in 2014. The
4: last show he was on, Megs, was Criminal Minds. Him and David Rossi were very good friends on that show, if you remember. Yeah, and he was
1: also one of my uh, favorite movies, Class Act. He was a father in that. Mm-hmm. He's uh, probably most well-known. He was on the Designing Women. Thank you. I, I will
4: not even fucking deny I liked that show when it first came out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is it because it was starring Dixie Carter? No, not that one.
4: <laughs> not that one, folks. I didn't know about that Dixie Carter. Uh, yes, that was him. That was him as the old army guy that David Rossi or you know Joe Montana knew in that in Criminal Minds. Yes, B Megs, that was May Taylor. Died. Uh, here, hold on. Give me two seconds here. June, the end of June, two thousand fourteen. Uh, he had cancer. Uh, some sort of strange cancer. Uh, colon cancer actually. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is what yeah, happened to him. But uh yeah, last show I, rem- I I believe that was his last credit. Yes, the homeless guy. Yes, B Megs is like,
1: wait, what the- wait, are you kidding? Yes, that was him. It was him, B Megs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like I said, he's one of like he's like uh he he's pretty well I'm not gonna say he's wasn't well known. He's pretty well known. But he was another one of those guys that just pops up and he's done a lot more than you think he did. Mm-hmm. He's what you call a character actor in the biz. Like he popped up in a lot of things, sometimes uncredited. Yeah. But if you see him, you know you you know who he is.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I uh... nah, I, I'm, I'm not gonna pull up his old IMDb, but he definitely did a lot. You know, basically, you know, his most famous, as you said, was designing women. He was really known for that part. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is no longer no longer with us. But yeah, that was him in Criminal Minds. Good episode this week, by the way. Spencer's out. Yes, Spencer's out. So, all right, we're literally—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm
1: fifty-four seconds into the movie. Put it that way. <laughs> we're jumping back and forth. I mean, we are technically—it's a spoof movie, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, even though it feels like we're not on topic, we're actually on topic because, oh, yeah. like I said, they talk about the Breakfast Club. They talk about a. Uh, Another movie they uh, spoofed, Cruel Intentions.
4: Yes, there is Cruel one.
1: Intentions.
4: hmm Cruel Intentions. They do American Pie. Did we mention that yet? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, and,
1: and, what, and what I want to say about this, uh, and I was watching it earlier and going through it, and it's like it's a funny movie. I'm not going to deny it. not another team movie isn't funny, but some in, in some parts they really don't even try. <laughs> To differentiate themselves. They'll they will they'll literally take a scene from, like, The Breakfast Club or American, and literally play it line for line, point for point. Well, and, and and I think that they'll, like, basically act it out intentionally bad. That's the joke of it.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, of course they do. I mean, yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of little hints in this movie, which I do want to get to. Um, I mean, you know, it, it starts out with, like, oh, there's no groups here. Everyone's everyone. And then he breaks them up into groups. Uh, all right, the nerdy you guys, slutty a, girls over here with me. Slutty girls, oh hey, how
1: you doing? Uh, how you doing, huh? I li- and I like how you hear, like if you pay it if you listen closely, you'll hear one girl. What does he mean, slutty girls? Yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> and I like how he, I like how he singled out the one nerd in the beginning. He said, "Look, he was snapping at him, like, Look, you know you're not supposed to be over there. Come on." Yeah,
4: exactly. That that, <laughs> that clearly means you.
1: You know what, Anthony?
4: Why don't we just uh, by the way, we said before the name of the high school, John Hughes High School. Um, do we? Do we have to? I mean, come on. If you're listening to this show and you don't know
1: who John Hughes is, I'm gonna say fuck you. Yes, and fuck <laughs> the guy, the guy at the tour guide. If you don't know him at this point, Josh Ratner, fucking How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, you know what though? While we we'll screw it, we always. Uh we we like to give them the credit they deserve by playing the scene so
0: this is not your typical high school Uh, see here at john q's there are no cliques, no exclusive social groups you're accepted for who you are not for who you hang out with (laughs) okay we're gonna divide the tour into several smaller groups so you can get to know some of your peers a little bit better let's get all you big jockey guys over here to my right in one group and then get you slutty girls over here by me hey how you doing? Welcome. And uh, you losers, you guys should hang out in the back. Hey, hey, that clearly includes you. Come on, oh, get back there. Nah. Take a good
4: look. All right, now, as he's saying this, the jockey guys are standing there with their Letterman jackets on, spelling out jocks. Yes. Obviously, you know, there's your your first parody and funny part of the
1: movie uh, right there uh, <laughs> And speaking of jocks, I will say this. mm -hmm. I think this movie, and we'll get into this later because, you know, I posted on my Facebook page and I told you before we went live that uh, I've started the process of rewatching Married with Children, Uh which we'll get into at the review. I think an opportunity was missed here by not having Ed O'Neill make some type of appearance. I I think that would have just added to the the absurdity of this movie.
4: Yeah, and they... They decided to use Randy, I'll tell you the truth, Ed O'Neill would have been a better fit than Randy Quaid. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: as Al Bundy, I should point that out. As Al Bundy. Ed O'Neill... It would have been random, but I think it would have fit this movie. No,
4: it would have been a much better fit than Randy Quaid. I'll be truthful, I'm not the biggest Randy Quaid fan. Uh, Meanwhile, he's gone completely crazy, Hollywood will not even fucking deal with him anymore. And that 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 says a lot, because <laughs> Hollywood,
1: Hollywood forgives a lot of I shit. I mean,
4: Hollywood has put Mel Gibson in movies lately. Let's just put it that way. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, Mel Gibson makes money.
4: <laughs> yeah, Randy yes. Quaid doesn't. Yeah, Mel Gibson, after having a complete meltdown on Jewish people who run Hollywood, is still somehow has a fucking you know is still working. So, um, and you know, in the beginning of the show. Uh B Meg's asked me if I would play this scene and I will play it for him. This is the scene where right away she's being uh she now we you have a we do have some characters in this movie we probably should bring up. Yes. Uh let, we, let's run down the cast list real quick. Look, look, it,
1: you want to? Yeah, Because sure. yeah, there's some pretty notable people in Go here. Go for it. Let's see here. We have uh buh, 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 buh. Eric Christian Olsen. Mm-hmm he was uh, the cocky the cocky blind guy and we should point that out people really don't have uh legitimate names in the movie they're known by their social status like the cocky blind guy well the, it, the, the nerdy girl if, if, i mean they have names but they're more or less known by their uh, social status yeah and if
4: you want to you know basically you know, who's who who he's playing in the movie he's the paul walker type character from she's all that yeah that's that. That's really who he is in this movie. Keep going, Anthony.
1: Yeah, and uh, by the way, he uh, his character name was Austin, mm-hmm. aka the cocky blind guy. <laughs> uh, Chris Evans was uh, Jake Weiler. Mm-hmm. He was the uh, popular jock. Yeah, yeah. He he was
4: a mix between Freddie Prinze Jr. and uh, James Vanderbeek from uh, it, Varsity Blues. Exactly, James Vanderbeek from Varsity Blues. He was a mix between those. Go ahead.
1: Okay, who else we have here? We have, I uh, hope I'm saying this woman's name right, Chyler Leigh as uh, Janie Briggs. Mm-hmm. She was the uh, pretty ugly girl, and I don't know, man, even though they, obviously she was like the ugly duckling role, even as the nerd, she wasn't that bad, uh, she wasn't a bad looking woman, even no, as a nerd. Yeah, and she was
4: the Julia Stiles type character in this movie. Yeah, she was definitely the, you know, Julia Stiles from, you know, the Molly
1: Ringwald, type.
4: Molly, which, you know, will bring will definitely play Molly Ringwall's part later. Uh, she is does make a quick cameo at the end of this movie.
1: Yeah. And, and, I, and I will say, like, you know, not to get off on a tangent here, but isn't it just like Hollywood, even when you're supposed to play the ugly duckling type role, <laughs> they still go for the they still go the beautiful people route. Mm hmm. Cause I mean, like, they have to. I don't know, man. Like, even like Ali Sheedy. Like, if you look at somebody like her, mm. she she obviously when she cleans herself up, she's a good looking woman. But when you first saw her in the Breakfast Club, you she wouldn't be like the first. If you had an option, oh no, she wouldn't be your first option for a good time. No, 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 not at all. She wouldn't have been your first option. She looked. They actually went out of their way. At least John Hughes seemed to, to actually make her the legitimate ugly duckling, social outcast. No dude would ever want to fuck her if she was the last chick on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she really was an old-school, ugly duckling. <laughs> yeah, she was. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, let me see who else we got in here. Uh, Before uh, One of my favorites, Jamie Presley. Not only— cell the nasty cheerleader. Okay. She played
4: a good, good, good nasty okay. cheerleader. Okay, I have to say something here. Jamie Presley is not one of my favorites. She is my favorite. You could take every woman I've mentioned on this show, Sandra Bullock, Caitlin, WWE Caitlin, that's who I mean. <laughs> you could take all of them. Jamie Presley is my favorite woman. She is hot. She is a little country girl from North Carolina, drinks cords light, likes MMA and wrestling.
1: Yes, and she's still young. Uh, I'm looking at her information, pulled her up. She's actually gonna. Be, she's actually gonna be forty in July. She she's 39 is thirty nine now. She looks
4: very good. Though. the she is amazing, dude. Every movie she's been in, I have loved. Watched just for her. I mean, she was in Ringmaster, that Jerry Springer movie where she's basically banging. Oh yes, that was basically she's banging Michael J. White the whole movie. Um, that she's in that. She is in some of the. She I. Love, she's in Joe Dirt, the hot slutty chick who he thinks is his sister Unfortunately, uh, now if you want to see her naked, check out Poison Ivy 2, the new seduction
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer the original, but she did make the uh, second one watchable She did, now
4: this girl has zero problems getting naked
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, man. you hate to stereotype and judge people But she looks like a woman that, that does things Freely. She's you, know, like, you ever see a chick that just has that look about her, like oh, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. She she, is, she just looks like a freak. You know she does nasty. She
4: is my favorite of all women. That Jamie Presley is the most like the sexiest of all women to me. Like uh let's see here. Like like like, like above all else, like number one on my list, Jamie Presley and everyone else.
1: Uh, so would she be like your uh your go to? Like in other, in other words, if, if you're a girl, because we know you, you have a relationship, would she be your go to? If if your girl said you get one pass, one night only, if she'd be your pass. If
4: I had to choose any woman in the world, that would be it. Absolutely. Over
1: Drew, somebody like say Drew Barrymore?
4: Over Drew. Drew Barrymore is a, you put
1: her over pretty hard on the show a few times.
4: Drew Barrymore is adorable, girl next door pretty, but Jamie Presley is holy shit. My dick would be so happy being in you. Oh my god, dude. Jamie Presley is a goddess of all women to me.
1: Yes. We 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 need to forward this episode too. I think you would appreciate this. <laughs>
4: She is goddess of all women. In every movie she's in, I love her.
1: Yes, she is. She is. She's definitely underrated. High. She, she is. is. Told, and and you know,
4: the, one of the, the 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 probably the most famous songs to come out of this movie was the uh, Marilyn Manson version of "Tainted Love," originally by Soft Cell, and she's in the video with them, and she's so fucking sexy in the video. Like, I was jealous of Marilyn Manson in that video. Like, he got to be in a hot tub, like, damn near half naked and rubbing all over her.
1: Yes. How often do you say, gee,
4: I wish I was Marilyn Manson? <laughs> Every time he banged fucking Rose McGowan, I
1: wish I was Marilyn Manson. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Who do we else? Who else do we have here? Ah, Ron Lester as uh, Reggie Ray. Yeah. Who, and i used to like how they said reggie ray reggie ray who also bad, stupid fat uh, guy from varsity blue he
4: basically. did he reprised his role as billy bob from uh who he basically made fun of himself as billy bob in this movie
1: yeah another guy that we unfortunately lost hmm, i know who you're gonna say paul gleason no 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 uh, ryan lester yeah oh really yeah, he passed the year, and he yeah, his was sad man, cause he had lost a lot of weight. He actually died. Uh, it'll be a uh, a year next month. He died on June seventeenth.
4: Oh my God, I didn't even know he died in in two thousand sixteen. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, he had liver and kidney failure. Oh my God.
4: And yeah, it's
1: fucking sad, man. He was he, he was actually from your part of that, almost from your part mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm, world. Yeah, yeah. To Dallas, Texas. And he was active. Honestly, he was active up until the day he died. His last credit. Actually, he has a credit this year. Uh, Bomb City was scheduled to be released this year. Hmm. His final role. Oh, I didn't even I, man,
4: there's people I didn't even know were gone. I mean, I know I thought you were gonna mention uh, Paul Gleason who came. back. Oh, I was, yeah, that that Paul Gleason. Uh, yeah, came back as a, again reprising a role as the principal from Breakfast Club for the for one
1: scene. He came back and kicked ass. Paul, yeah. But, We gotta we gotta put that man over for a minute here. Paul Gleason is so he's criminally underrated, man. Oh, dude! You 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 talk about his filmography, his IMDb, man. Look, just off the top of my head, Breakfast Club, Die Hard, uh, Trading Places. Yep, yep. Die Hard. Honestly, like by all accounts, he was a a sweetheart of a guy, but he played an awesome asshole on camera. (laughs) Oh
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. He really did. (laughs) He did. He played that prick role. He, He he he. he
1: wore the prick suit very well. <laughs> I don't know why he just had that. Fa- I mean, like I said, I never, obviously we neither one of us never met the guy, but just facially, he just looked like an asshole. He had he had like that punchable face.
4: Yeah, yeah, but 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 you could tell he was a good guy behind it. Yeah, you know, and that's by all accounts that I've read, that's exactly what it was. He could really be a prick on TV, but goddamn, was he a great guy. So.
1: Yeah, let's see. Uh, let me see here. Who else notable? Uh Ed Lauder? I'm sorry. Ed Lauder, the coach? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh I'll give the floor to you cuz I think you're going to make another tie-in. That is the NYPD.
4: That is the NYPD Blue tie-in right there. He was in one episode of uh one? Yeah, one episode of NYPD Blue. Um Where is that? Yeah. One, he was, just one quick episode. He was also in a uh, a really good movie that I enjoy, I've mentioned before on the show, My Blue Heaven. Ah, uh, Steve Martin, yeah. Steve Martin, Rick Moranis. And Rick Moranis. I love that movie. I absolutely love that movie. One of my now,
1: favorites. I, 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 it's been a long time, but is that one of the few movies where uh, Steve Martin actually had hair besides white? It, it, wasn't it brown in that one?
4: No. It was white and spiked.
1: White and spiked. Cause I, I'm trying to remember. No, there it was, was gray. Where his
4: hair was brown? It was gray. Gray and spiked. It was gray and spiked in this movie. Like blackish gray.
1: Like oh, yeah. Maybe that's what it was. It yeah. was
4: total salt pepper in this movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was in My Blue Heaven.
1: So, keep, all right. Oh. Keep
4: going with the actors. Man, I got to take a
1: Okay, let's see. We have Dion Richmond as Malik Token. Think you can run okay, the, uh, the token black guy? Think
4: you can run the actors while I go take a piss? Sure. Be back.
2: Go
1: for it. Um, you see, Dion Richmond. He's one of my favorites. If you don't know him, uh, just think of uh, he was Bud, growing up on the uh, Cosby Show. Anybody that grew up on the Cosby Show knows who he is. He was in one of my favorite movies, uh, Trippin'. I'm sure Box hasn't seen that. That's a flick that came out in 1999. If you have not seen Trippin, do yourself a favor and check that one out. Uh, Let's see who else we have here. We have Sam Huntington as Ox. He was a sensitive guy. He was mainly based on Chris Klein's character of Oz from American Pie. We have, uh, let's see here. We have Mia Kirshner as Catherine Weiler, the cruelest girl. And her character is mainly based off of uh, Catherine from uh, which was Sarah Mage- Michelle Gellis character from Cruel Intentions and Mackenzie Silas who was played by Ann Payton from uh, She's All That we have uh, Eric Jugman as uh, Ricky Lippman the obsessed best friend he was mainly based on Ducky Dale John Cryer's character from Pretty in Pink we have uh, Cody McCains as Mitch Briggs he was the desperate virgin Mainly based on Jim Levenston's Jason Big from a uh, J- American Pie, and let's see here. All right, hey, how's it going? Oh, that You're was back? You oh, okay.
4: That was great. God damn, that corona runs through you like a. Forget it.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, basically, just to catch up on some of the names I mentioned, Deion Richmond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you remember him as Bud from Cosby Show. Uh huh. And another movie that I want you to see. Is uh, tripping. <laughs> Just do yourself a favor and look it up. Okay, I've I've heard it, of it. it. It's funny as fuck, and it, it's it, it's a high school movie, so it's along these lines. But it, they more they play it straight, but it's a lot of funny parts in it, in my opinion. Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh,
1: another name, not too familiar to me, but uh, Eric Jugman. I mentioned him. He was Ricky Litman. He was the obsessed best friend, and his character was mainly based off Ducky Dale. That was John Crash's character from Pretty in Pink. Yep. And John. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> Ducky. I don't know, man. What what kind of action do you think a guy named Ducky was getting in high school? Uh about
4: as much as it showed in both movies. None <laughs> 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 oh, I don't shit. know what else to say. None. Zip zero. <laughs>
1: Zilcha. Yeah. Let me see. Another guy I brought up uh Cody McCain's. Uh huh. He played Mitch Briggs. He His character was at like a desperate version. And it says here, it was mainly based on Jen Levingston. That's Jason Biggs' character from American Pie. And uh, Simon Boggs, Karen Calkins' character from uh, She's All That. As well as John Bender. Judd Nelson's character, obviously from The Breakfast Club. He played a and, <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the hair and the jacket. Yeah. Nothing. No, I mean, they basically had a neon sign on that guy that said, Please. B. je Nelson and the glove he had even had the gloves on the finger gloves i- w- I will say that they did there was an attention to detail in terms of the wardrobe and the hair. I will say that yeah,
4: definitely, and again, this is where you know we get Paul Gleason reprising his principal role, which listen if if for nothing else in this movie you watch for that, it's fine because that yeah, man I'm actually
1: surprised that you were able to get him out of a uh... I won't say he, were, he was he wasn't he wasn't retired at that point, but I'm actually surprised they got him to agree to it. I'm not like I said, dude. Even b- behind that prick suit, he looked like
4: a really cool guy. I think I, I, I'll bet he had zero problems coming back and making fun of this role.
1: What do you think? Uh, do you think uh, John Hughes had some input on this? Could you picture him having like some input on something like this uh, or not? Uh,
4: was John Hughes alive in two thousand one?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he died in
4: 2009. Uh, You might be right. I might be 100% wrong. Let's find out. Really, really quickly. Johnny Hughes. Here we go. John Hughes. Yeah, writer. That's the guy. Jesus Christ. Uh, You're right, 2009. I don't know. You were dead right. Damn, Anthony. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Hey,
1: I, I try to come to the show as prepared as possible. Yeah, uh, there you go, man. Um God damn, what the
4: fuck? <laughs> she's in here asking for for places to find cheap light tubes and barbed wire. <laughs>
1: You tuned in a THT movie review and wrestling broke out. Anyway,
4: um, what other actors we got here that you want to mention?
1: Uh, let me see. Not too many well-known characters. It's just like they're, they're basically uh, characters that they, uh, they'll tell you where they got their inspiration from for the role. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find a few more quick ones here. Well, I
4: mean, we got Mr. T in there as the, the wise janitor real quick.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. They got Randy Quaid. We brought him up earlier. As Mr. Briggs, he was mainly based on Jack Welch from, uh, I mean, which was a Harry Dean Stans character from Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Ed Lauder, we brought him up. Randy He's based Qua- off John Boyd's character yeah. from
4: Blues. Randy Quaid was based on the dad from Pretty in Pink. And
1: uh, Let's see here. Oh, you got to mention this one. I hope I'm uh, saying this woman's name right. Uh, Sienna Vincent as Ariola. The foreign exchange student. Yes. Who did a pretty, a pretty admirable job reprising a Shannon Elizabeth's role from a American Pie. And literally walked
4: around this whole movie nude the whole time.
1: And I will say, even though it was racial as fuck, I loved how they subtitled her shit, even though you knew absolutely what she was saying. It's kind of like, it reminded me of the whole, since we're talking about wrestling a little bit the whole nd yeah. kind of tie <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah blatantly
1: racist but then i wish this i wish movies were still like this where they threw those old school blatantly racist elements in the flicks without everybody getting pissed that's off about that's why them. we
4: need mel brooks to make another movie goddammit, it at 96 years old or whatever he is
1: at ninety six, I guarantee you he's hipper than most twenty year olds nowadays.
4: I'll, I'll guarantee you his uh, he's given his last fucks a long time ago
1: at this point. Ninety six. He's you know he's well off. He's financially set. He's a legend. No fuck. <laughs> he don't
4: give it. a fuck. No more. No more. <laughs> um. Any
1: more like notable? Uh, let me see here. Notables. Uh. Blah 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 blah. Hmm, nah, nah. We got Sam Levin as Bruce. He was the wannabe, mainly based off Daniel. Mainly based off based off the uh, Ralph Macchio character, Daniel Larusa from a uh, Karate Kid. Lacey Charbert as Amanda Becker, the perfect girl, mainly based on Amanda Beckett, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character from can Harley Hardly Wait. Uh, let's see here. Riley Smith as Les, the beautiful weirdo, mainly based off of Ricky Fitz. That's uh, Wes Brentley's character from American Beauty. And uh, let's see here. Did you mention... Uh, Mia, Mia Kirshner. She was a mm-hmm. Kathleen uh, oh. Ryler, she, cruelest girl. Her character was mainly based off of Katherine uh, Utrelli's character, Sarah Michelle Geller, from My Cruel Intentions, and Mackenzie Styler mm-hmm. from She's All That. Did you mention uh, Sam Huntington? Sam Huntington. As, oh, while you were away, yeah, yeah. Okay. But his character was based off of uh, Chris Klein's eyes from American Pie, which
4: my God, he looked exactly like a young version, dude. Like per- yeah. that was good casting.
1: So you think he was probably the best, if you if you were to say like best best casted, he'd probably be the uh, the one that would get get the knife for you. Yeah,
4: yeah, I do. Um and, you know, they bring up... Now, there's a couple of spoofs in this movie that are sort of old. Um And in 2001, some people may not even get... There was even a Grease spoof in this movie. Uh Sandy Sue in this movie, uh played by Joanne Garcia, who was basically... Sandy Sue was the new girl, but she was also the Tourette's girl. Yeah. Was basically supposed to be... um uh what's her name? Um Olivia Newton John Sandy from Greece. Yeah. And, you know, the they do sing a song in here which is sort of a Grease um throwback in here. But, uh, you uh, have it queued up? No, not yet. I'm I'm. I'm probably good. We'll start playing scenes in a few minutes here, because I know BMX wanted me to play the scene where she's being dropped off at school, and I've kind of had to pause there for a while. So we'll jump through some scenes here real quick. Again, this movie just makes fun of all the movies that most of us love. Matter of fact, my fiancé can't watch this movie because it makes fun of all the movies she likes.
1: But then, let me ask you, Box. Mm-hmm. Um... Would you say like you would have to see the movies that it mocks as a precursor to get the jokes or could a person go into this movie cold and still appreciate the humor in it?
4: No, you'd probably want you'd probably want to see most of the movies it mocks. I mean, you I mean that's what this movie is for, for mocking all the movies we've seen. You know, yeah,
1: especially I would say like that Breakfast Club scene. Like if if you were to watch that scene cold mm-hmm. without having seen The Breakfast Club, it'd be like one of the dumbest scenes ever. Yeah. But if you watch the original Breakfast Club first, if, if you see how that played out, because obviously in Breakfast Club, it was a serious scene. Right, right. If you, if you contrast it to what you see in Not Another Teen Movie, it's like, oh, man, I get why it's funny.
4: Well, yeah, definitely. And again, you need to know why it is funny, but you need to know... You know, But, I mean, there's certain things you need to know. Like when Ox in this movie kind of takes over the Molly Ringwald role. Oh, yeah, the whole
1: stop. Stop.
4: You know, where we mouth stop and this and that. It, 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 There's certain things you need to know in order to know why it's a funny scene. But there's a lot of things in here that you do need to know that. Um, and, no, I don't remember if there was an American Beauty spoof in here. I don't uh
1: there definitely was a beautiful mind spoof.
4: May yeah, yeah, yeah. But um hey, we'll go ahead. You know, what? let's let's start playing some scenes. We'll just jam through this real quick. The one where he's uh Randy Quaid is dropping off his daughter Janie who we
1: said was kind of the uh Julia Stiles, you know, sh- uh, she's all that character. And he- honestly, you need to, I guess if you want to play that scene, you might as well play the scene where I guess where uh she has the interaction with a brother and which now, I wish we could honestly before you you know play that scene I, I it's very visual I wish we could actually play the scene from the beginning yeah Well, she's like what was that movie she was watching that was uh Pretty in Pink Oh yes thank you mm-hmm. Pretty in Pink they were watching that and she had to that, that was spoofing like the American Pie scene the famous scene with the sock
4: yes it was
1: and then everybody comes in with the uh <laughs> happy birthday Janie and the priest and the kids yeah, and grandmama she got and,
4: this giant dildo uh,
1: oh yeah, and the dog going—he kept sniffing around.
0: Pulls the
4: covers. <laughs> and, off. and the
1: look on her I, once again—it's a very visual scene, folks. So unfortunately, it's not worth playing. But just picture this woman with the uh, basically a dildo thing, like basically up her snatch, while a dog is down there, essentially going down on her. And the look on her face is priceless. Mm. The look on—I I can't do it justice. <laughs> and then May, maybe the funniest scene of the whole movie.
4: Yeah, and then pretty much it jumps right into this scene right here Where, you know, Randy Quaid Who, like we said, is playing basically the dad in Pretty in Pink Um, And, uh, you know, they're the dirt poor family, this and that So, I don't know, B-Megs asked me to play it So, you know what, we do what we're told sometimes Here we go Where the people show There we go, here we go
2: You really need to start dating I don't date. You know that. Well, oh, come on, Janie. You know Dad's rule. If you don't have sex, then I'm not allowed to. Look, Mitch. I have conformed to typical high school norms, okay? I read Sylvia Plath. I listen to Bikini Kill. And I eat tofu. I'm a unique rebel. Sounds more like you're a lesbo.
0: Hey, Mitch. Now leave your sister alone.
2: Thank you, Daddy.
0: If Janie wants to be a rug muncher, that's her decision. <laughs>
4: It is a good scene. I might even have to play the other part of it after he actually drops her off. Um, you know, and they're they're basically, they show the cheerleaders playing around a little bit here. Um, I don't know, this movie's so ridiculous. The door falls off the car when she gets out of it, just showing they're a dirt-poor family. But, you know, I do want to play this funny scene. Here. What the hell?
0: Hey, uh... (laughs) I might be late to pick you guys up.
2: Why? Do you have a job interview today, Daddy?
0: No, honey, I, I'd probably just be way too drunk.
2: That's good. We don't want you drinking and driving.
0: Oh, I'll be driving. I'll just be too shit-faced to remember to pick you guys up.
2: Okay. Bye,
1: Daddy. Okay. Bye, Daddy.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, God.
4: Oh, shit. <clears throat> he drives off with a... With a cheerleader in the back of his car. Then, you know, Jake pulls up this, and, you know, we mentioned he's the rich kid. He's basically the guy from Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Freddie Prince. <clears throat> he,
2: yeah, has, he
1: has, like, a pussy baguette, you know, as he's coming in. Yeah, and yeah. He's in one uh pair, of, uh, I guess, uh <laughs> Fruit of the Looms.
4: Yes, from Arthur. Thank you, Arthur, yeah. he says. <laughs> he's running, walking down, but... You know, just and then we also get to meet uh, the ducky, who's Ricky at this point, Uh, the desperate character doing any anything he can to bang Janie, and uh, we also meet the wannabe, which is based off the Ralph Macchio character, like you said, and if you look at him, he's got a little. It's not a bonsai tree, but it's two hands put together in here. I'll you know it's the if you look on his patch. On his shirt, it's the two hands put together in the karate fist, yeah. you know the 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 respect with you know basically a fist with your palm over your fist, your right palm over your fist
1: yeah hey, basically uh this is the uh, part where you get i guess the closest thing to exposition for this movie mm. that you're gonna get where they kind of explain the characters and the roles and that type of thing and uh I guess the next scene we should play once we get to it is when uh the cocky uh, blonde guy and Jake have their little face off because this produces one of my favorite scenes where we're introduced to, you guessed it, the token black guy. We
4: are, and I will get to that in just a second. Um, <clears throat> we also get to the uh, – th- this before that scene, we do meet the <clears throat> sister of Jake who is the playing the cruel intentions, but also sort of playing the Rose McGowan. They don't tell you in this movie, but this scene right here and the song playing is from a movie called jawbreaker.
1: Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's a very obscure flick. It
4: is. And actually we were talking about Marilyn Manson earlier. He's actually in that. He's in that movie. Um, He was dating Rose McGowan at the time. Uh, But, yeah, he's actually in that movie, and so is Rose McGowan. That's a really – dude, I I know that's sort of a – I like it. I like that movie Jawbreaker. It's not a bad movie. But that is – the song playing is the exact song playing from that. Um, Right when, you know, she walks in – not only is it, but they also break into the song from um, "She's All That," where every time Jennifer Love Hewitt walks in the room, it's a slow mo play.
1: Well, if you have it queued up for the people that may not know what we're talking about, here might want to play that song for them. Here I can
4: back up to the, I can back up to the Jennifer Love Hewitt part.
2: Sisters Jesus, we're pathetic. How are we ever gonna lose our opportunity? by graduation the sex club will be meeting after Smith uh, with crush reach. What's with the attitude? It's not
4: easy to get lucky here. Girls are sensitive man While this is playing real quick, part of the movie is that these three guys do need to get laid. Which is just like American Pie again. This is making fun of all the movies.
1: Yeah, the bets, and I, and I love how after he, after he says that girls are sensitive and they want they want a relationship and they want you to talk about their feelings, and right after he says that shit, you get oh, fuck me harder. Fuck.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's got the girl banged against the fucking glass, um, and again I'm at the scene that you, sort of Jennifer Love Hewitt scene with a girl. I'm not gonna play that because you got to kind of see it. But um, right after that... I, I was that, talking
1: more about the song you were talking about from I'm, I'm, I'm
4: stalling to get to it. Uh, b- but before that, I believe... Here you go, Anthony.
0: Austin.
2: Mr. Not First String Anymore.
0: Uh. Isn't First String Anymore. <laughs> Besides, we all know what happened the last time J.Q. was calling the police. And now,
4: this is the... We are at the token black guy part, but I gotta get it real quick. All right, let's just go to the. You know what? God damn it, this movie's crazy sometimes.
2: If you, if you can play the scene,
1: just, you know, it's not that long. Nah, here we go. Well, I don't want to play the scene. Here we
2: go. You hold these books here for a minute?
1: Sure, why not? I am the token black guy. I'm just supposed to smile, stay out of the conversation, and say things like, damn, shit, and that is whack. She graduated
4: like four years ago. And by the way, when they say that, she, this girl, playing his sister, is twenty-six years old when this movie came out, so she is a little old for high school, but damn, hot as hell. Um you know, and she walks right up to her by the way, again we said she's playing the cruel intentions chick. She walks up to her brother and I don't know. If my sister said this to me, I would puke all over her. But this is what she says to him. Like four years ago.
2: Hi, Jake. Catherine? Can I ask you a question? Why is it every time I tell a guy they can put it wherever they want, they always stick it in my ass? Oh, damn!
0: That's just way too much information for me, Catherine.
2: Oh, no, Jake. Way too much information would be telling you that after they're done, I always take a huge dump. Shit! on
3: their chest oh that is whack.
4: that is the part i was talking about that song right there is right out of jawbreaker and it's got the three girls walking up if you remember jawbreaker you have rose mcgowan and the two other girls that are basically you know foxy and the other girl that are basically her little flunkies that's the song from it so they're obviously spoofing that in this movie and it's not really brought up anywhere but they are spoofing uh you know that part in that movie so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so but um anthony by the way you're uh regulated tonight to only saying three lines damn shit and damn that's whack <laughs> that is whack there you go that's folks, it folks I won't
1: add to the conversation tonight <laughs>
4: no, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding I'm kidding. please I know what you
1: mean I know. but, uh, but I mean and, and the funny and the sad thing is a movie like this today if it were to come out it would be picked apart so fucking horribly because the scene that we just played with the whole you know that is whack mm-hmm. token black guy blah 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 before that is then it's actually kind of topical? They kind of mocked concussion syndrome. <laughs> they do a little bit with Billy Bob. Yeah, yeah. Like, so what did you what did you think of that? Like, because obviously nowadays you couldn't get away with that, but they kind of mock like you know like oh, you can play. You know, don't worry. He only you know he only got a nod on the head. Nowadays, if that would have happened with high schools, like they'd be raked over the coals if they let a kid who got a concussion play the next week.
4: Yeah. Yeah, they would. You're right. It it would be a different story nowadays. But um you know, the the other, I guess, subplot to this movie is the bet that is made um again parodying she's uh she's all that, right? She's all that? Yeah, she's all that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, the famous like, yeah, I can take the ugly duckling and make her uh, a <laughs> the uh, princess, the queen of the prime that type of thing, yeah. Mhm.
4: Here, let's see. Where are we at? That's, 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 she's that, an illusion. You know, At in the hole. Okay. We gotta get laid. Yeah, yeah. That's really two plots
0: of the movie. But here's this. Where's her hair? The smell of her perfume? The cute little face she makes when she's tonguing my balls.
4: <sighs> oh, we forgot to mention at, while that's scene playing. Jamie Presley does dump Luke for some weirdo with a camera. And a bag. Because it's his bag, baby. Little, I believe this is a little Austin Powers spoof here. So, but they do. uh, This is where you know, again, totally parroting. She's all that. They do make a little bet here. I think we got it right here. Let's see. Well, I smell (laughs) bet. Okay, Jakey, Jakey, about to make a big
0: (laughs) mistakey. Here's the wager. I'm gonna pick the most hopeless girl at this school, and I'm gonna bet that you. Can't turn her into prom queen.
1: You're on. Mm. And I'll bet you that you lose that bet. But in doing so, you learn a much more valuable lesson and win. In life, that is.
3: Hmm. Huh.
4: That was way too many words for the token black guy. That's all I'm going to say. Uh. And here we go. <laughs> You're both on.
0: All right. Well, let's find you a prom queen, mister. Ah.
4: Okay, B-Megs is saying that the American Beauty spoof is the camera guy and a bag. B-Megs, I gotta be honest with you, I have not seen American Beauty. Oh,
1: bro, you have to see that. I have not seen it. I'm sorry. You have to.
4: I've been told, but I have not seen it. So, you might be able it, to explain. It is worth it, man. It,
1: it's long, and it, it it starts off slow, I will say that. But but like if you stick with it, I promise, promise you won't regret it that's that's actually you know it's not i'm not in a rush mm-hmm. but that's actually a movie i do want to get to on a show at some point
4: so you could explain the guy with the bag a little more
1: uh i haven't seen it in a while but <laughs> let me see here. okay but um let me see give me one second all right i'll give you a second because i i i don't know
4: really how that's an american beauty spoof but obviously b megs did catch it and did say it but and we we, we can come back to that in a minute. Um. Actually, there's really not a scene from here. I'll play a few more fucking scenes, but not this one. Uh, here they go through and look up some of the girls. Then again, it's a visual scene. He does end up picking Janie. Um... Now, Once you know, again,
1: because even though she's supposed to play the nerd, she's not fucking a true fucking nerd. Exactly. You know what? While you're it's still like like come on, yeah. you will still fuck her. You know
4: what while you're looking that up, I will play the poem that uh Ricky slash Ducky ends up reading here. Here we go. Now he's you know, he's obviously completely madly over in love with Janie, but she doesn't care or know it. But um while Anthony's looking that up, I will play you the poem that he ends up writing for her. Here, please. Anyone?
2: Mr. Killer. Please pick me on the one.
0: Yes. Ricky. <clears throat> <clears throat> Ten Things I Love About Janie. Oh,
1: not again. By Ricky Lipnick.
0: <clears throat> I love it when Janie talks. I love it when Janie walks. I love it when Janie drinks. I love it when Janie blinks. I love it when Janie says hi. I love it when Janie says, see in English.
1: I love following Janie to the mall.
2: I love collecting strands of Janie's hair and
1: Throwing them up into
0: it. Jamie.
3: Hair balls.
1: <laughs> Thank you. This guy needs a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look. We, I, <laughs> come on, I mean, we. I, I think we've all known at least one person in our lives. Mm. That was into somebody who was, I don't know, oblivious, either oblivious to the fact that they liked them Mm -hmm. or they just had no interest, no sexual interest in them whatsoever. Yeah,
4: no, no care, no give a shit, no give a shit.
1: Now, do you think part of it was maybe it's because she's not used to guys being in her like that and and she just wasn't or she just wasn't attracted to him? Or a little bit
4: of both. I mean, in the movie, she's just an oblivious, stupid teenager, but I just never gave a shit. She never gave a shit. She wanted the popular guy. That's what she wanted. Um, Now, another another subplot in this movie is um, the fact that uh, Jake is a football player. Uh, The quarterback, second string, well, fourth string, according to this movie. And uh, the reason he's so bad is because something happened. And they bring up this Marty kid who basically is playing playing the Rudy character from the movie Rudy. Um, He basically gets him killed by throwing him a pass. Um, I guess I could play it. What the fuck, right? Yep. Play it. Well, here we go. All right, Marty. <laughs> Get you, just dump your stupid little ass in there. Are you sure, Coach? Just go, God damn it. Wild. By the way, the coach in this movie is playing the John Voight coach from Varsity Blues not only is he doing a perfect accent of John Voight from Varsity Blues, but he's using "God damn it" as as his main word in this movie, which is oh,
1: that that was that was great. That was goddamn, goddamn great. great. Here we go.
2: We got this goddamn game wrapped up. All you gotta do is run out the clock. God sakes, don't
4: turn it, they
0: God damn it. God Alright, listen my boys. We got time for one more play. <laughs> I say we get the ball to Marty.
2: Huh? Damn! That's okay. I'm just happy being on the field. But Jake, Coach reckons we all just take a knee, we're up for it, too, nothing.
0: Well, I don't care what Coach reckons. Look, you can't go through
2: life being scared, Marty. Because if you do, you'll always wonder. What if? But if you go out there and you give it your all,
4: that's heroic. Now, during this little huddle scene that we're kind of playing here where they're all huddled, uh, you know, football players huddled up, if you take a look at the Malik, the token black guy, he has on a bandana in this movie, you know, with with kind of the Tupac knot in the front. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's a small, small uh, higher learning. I'm sorry, the program. Yeah, yeah. The program um little flashback there of uh Malik from Higher Learning. But they were doing it as a the program you know, obviously we're talking about Omar Epps. So but they, it was weird how they did it. They took the character from Higher Learning, gave him his name, but they were kind of giving you a little a little glimpse of the program. Right there with the, uh, because Omar Epps in that movie did wear the, the bandana in a lot of scenes, you know, like like Tupac. So just thought I, that was something I noticed. I'm not sure if everyone would notice it, but it's something I did notice. Hey guys, I appreciate this. That's the spirit. Ready? Right. <laughs> this song.
2: What you doing, man? Get out of here. Huh? Not here, Marty. Down there. Over here, over here. Yeah. All right,
4: he throws it to Marty. Marty ends up basically cut in half. I'm not going to play this. It's kind of a visual part. So, but yeah, Marty's basically split in half from a high-low hit. And, uh, you know, there you go. Um, I do want to go ahead. I know this is kind of um, another visual part, but I'm going to play it anyway. I don't give a flying fuck. This is the part, the breakfast club scene. They blatantly took the breakfast club scene. Now, right before the breakfast club scene comes on, which is, you know, them all being in the detention, there's a little shot of the clock. The clock says underneath it, clock is 20 minutes fast. That is obviously a reference to breakfast club where the fucking janitor tells the kids right at the end of his little speech, by the way, that clock is twenty minutes fast. Did you catch that, Anthony?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. But it was twenty that. minutes slow, though. No. If
0: my parents find out I got detention, they're not gonna let me eat dessert for like a week. <laughs> we have disgraced ourselves and
1: our families. Guys, guys, guys. I'm sensing the morale's a little low here. They say we make a pact. Right here. Right now. Before
0: the end of the year, we all get laid. Mitch, we always make that pact. But we've been waiting for this moment since we hit puberty. That was two and a half weeks ago. I just got first hair on (laughs) ball. Guys, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I'm talking
1: about becoming the masters of our sexual destiny. No longer will our penises remain flaccid and unused. No longer will we steal grandfather's pawn. Yeah, yeah, no longer will we wear blindfolds when we're jerking each other
4: off.
0: All right, that's it. Uh-huh.
4: Here we go, Paul Gleason. What in God's name's going on in here? What was that ruckus? I know he had ruckus. I was just in my office, I heard a ruckus. Can you describe
0: this ruckus, sir? Oh, You better watch your tongue, young man. You better watch it. We were just sitting here like we're supposed to. I don't want to hear it, mister. You just bought yourself another detention. But that's not
4: fair. Cry me a river, dickface. You just bought yourself another one. Eat my shorts.
0: What was that? Eat my shorts. Don't mess with a bull, young man. You'll get the horns. I'm shaking. You just got another.
4: Good. You through? Not even close, bud. You want another one? Yes. You got it. Good. That's another one. You had enough yet? No. That's
0: another one. So? You just say the word, I'll keep going. Go. Eeny, meeny, miney. Mo. Your mother was a. Ho. He was a famous clown. Bobo. Mitch, cut it out.
2: <laughs> That's another one for you. But I was just telling him. That's what, another one. So, that make one more for Ox or for Mitch? Another. I confused.
4: Shut your hole, Wang Chung. <laughs> I got all three of you guys. For the rest of your natural born lives, you're mine. Next time I come in here, I'm cracking skulls. Okay, there you go. There's your Breakfast Club scene right there. Um, By the way, BMX asked if uh, the name of uh, James Vanderbeek's character in Varsity Blues, Mox. Mox. I forgot what his name was. Something Moxley. Was it Jake Moxley? Anthony?
1: Uh, I want to say yeah. I don't... You know what? That's gonna have to be a...
4: Uh, we're gonna have to wiki that. That's what we're gonna have to fucking do. While that's going... uh, I'm not sure what's up with this weird scene. I mean, it basically explains the characters, but... I don't know, the scene where he's trying to bang his mom. Um, Should we play the... I want to play the little talk that um, Randy Quaid has with his daughter. Oh, yeah, definitely play that, please. (laughs) It's creepy as fuck, number one. But it's, again, sort of... uh, Not sort of, completely parodying the um, Pretty in Pink. So... Here we go. Right now. Richie. Uh oh, buddy. Richie. <laughs> it's kind of Jamie? Awesome. Uh, By the way, B Megs, before I play this, Jonathan Moxon. M O X O N, otherwise known as Mox. Jonathan.
0: There we go. Sweetheart? Hi, Daddy. Is something wrong? You're awfully quiet at dinner tonight.
2: Daddy, you were passed out on the table.
0: (laughs) Listen, honey. I may not always be coherent or conscious, but I know when my little girl's got something on her mind.
2: Well, there is this popular boy, Jake.
0: Oh, sweetie. Jake knocked you up, didn't he?
2: No, he asked me out.
0: Oh. (laughs) Would you like him? Are you attracted to him? I mean, would you give him head?
2: Well, he is kind of cute, but he's always been a total jerk. It's just so weird that he would start talking to me now.
0: Especially after you've packed on a couple of pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Um... What do you think I should do? Look, sweetie I would never, ever want you to do anything that compromises who you are Because you're very, very special to me Mm -hmm. And if this Jake character is only asking you out to get into your pants Well, then I'd say Go out with him I mean, let's be honest You could certainly use the popularity points And if Jake really likes you And maybe those kids will quit throwing bags of shit all over the porch. (laughs) (laughs) I feel better.
2: Um, Thanks for the advice, Daddy.
0: That's what I'm here for, pumpkin
4: tits. Word of advice, never call your daughter pumpkin tits. Um... Just thought I'd mention that. Uh, (laughs) That's creepy. Um, But, uh, yeah, so that was that scene. Now, not only is he the, uh, you know, the the, the weird, creepy dad in this movie, he's also the kind of shell-shocked veteran kind of dad, if you, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. So he yeah. yeah he's kind of sitting there uh, just kind of uh, you know he's old Vietnam vet kind of guy so there's again spoofing another you know the, another yeah. movie but
1: yeah but but that's why like I you know to go back to my earlier point you know that's why Al because to me Ed O'Neill would have been pitch perfect for that role because nobody played that like kind of like don't give a damn like I he, he obviously he loved his family mm-hmm. to a point. But he would just give like blatantly I don't give a fuck advice to him.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he would have and been... I
1: I just think he would have pulled it all better. Like to me, like Randy Quaid was just saying shock and shit for the sake of saying shock and shit. And some of it was funny. But like I don't know, man. Ed O'Neill just has like that deadpan like personality where I just think he would have pulled it all better.
4: I I can't disagree with you to be honest that with you. delivered
1: the delivery the whole mm-hmm. like, yeah just just al Bundy would have been he would have he t- he would have uh took this movie to another level in my opinion yeah
4: definitely <laughs> um now another uh, i keep saying another subplot to this movie, but it is is that he you know he's obviously trying to make the not really another subplot i mean I'm adding to the subplot of the bet he goes to his sister to try to make. You know, what do I do to get her to like me? And his sister gives him three things to do. Let's hear those three things.
3: Okay. There are three things
2: you need to do to have Janie eating out of the palm of your hand. Yeah. First you're gonna have to earn her trust. Go. Hey,
0: come on, Ride back up. It's enough, okay? <laughs>
3: Oh,
4: shit. Okay. earn her trust so he tries to start protecting her brother her brother accidentally hits him and he beats the shit out of Janie's brother <laughs> and then at the end says don't you guys mess with him again <laughs> uh okay so here's part, part two <laughs> coming up <laughs>
0: Don't you guys mess with him again
2: (laughs) Once you've got her trust It's time to make her feel special Pick a song with her name in it That always works
4: Obviously, they do think she has a gun. Uh, this is spoofing uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, the Heath Ledger scene where he's singing to uh, Julia Stiles. Uh, but not in a good way. They actually chase her down because they think she has a gun because, you know, Janie's got a gun. <laughs> Great song, not a song you want to sing in school.
1: Uh, oh, I guess real quick to kind of backtrack. Mm-hmm. I will, you know, the plastic bag scene American Beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to see the movie to really kind of understand the context, because obviously, if you see it in a not, not another team movie, it's like absurd to think that a guy's filming a bag and he's talking all this artsy fartsy, oh it's beautiful, this that and the other. Well, in American Beauty, the guy that was doing the filming, he was like p- portrayed as a weirdo, right? But basically, um, he came from an abusive situation, and uh, he was trying to get with it, and he was basically expressing himself. Not trying to say, like, the bag was beautiful or even the work. He was just expressing, like, that he found beauty in everything. Mm -hmm. And you really kind of have to sit down and watch the movie to get the context of why he was filming a bag and watching it with a girl for 15 minutes. Okay. Because he basically came from an abusive situation and the camera was like his outlet. He would film different things. And like he would find like beauty in them because obviously if you're getting your ass whooped on a daily basis, you need to find you need to find an outlet. <laughs> it was yeah. better than it was better than killing somebody, basically. All right, I'll so the what, camera was his
4: outlet. I will watch that movie this weekend.
1: He was confessing and sharing his truth. There
4: you go. I, yeah, I mean, it's
1: like artsy fartsy, but you, you really kind of have to watch the whole movie to get the background. Like I said, he came. The guy in American Beauty came from like an abusive situation, mm. and he connected with the girl that he wound up getting in. Yeah, all
4: right, all right. I'll definitely, uh, I'll, 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 I'll check it out. You know, I can get it. Um, oh yeah. Now we go to another part in this movie right after that, which is very disturbing. A parody of Varsity Blues. Um, in Varsity Blues, we get. I believe it's Tara Reed?
1: Tara Reed? No, it's not Tara Reed. Oh, you mean the. Uh, you're talking about the uh, whipped cream bikini? The whipped cream, scene, cream like. bikini is not. Ta- is it Tara Reed? No, that is. Oh, no. I, I would recognize. Yeah. she Before she went crazy and got the lopsided titty boob job. She was very underrated in terms of hotness. Yeah,
4: but is that who it was?
1: Uh, I don't believe so. Let no, me I don't check think the so IMDb. I am way off. I'm way off. That wasn't her. No, no, it wasn't her. I can't remember who it is off the top. I'm looking it up now, but um, no, that wasn't her.
4: No, it wasn't. It was Darcy, the girl who played Darcy in Varsity Blues. Uh, Darcy was played by. Give me one second here. It's literally loading as I
1: speak. That's a damn shame. Man. I know we this is THT. We know we should know titties off the top of our. Heads. Well, they
4: weren't actual titties unfortunately. Darcy was but that oh, still was Allie amazing. Larter. Larter is who played Darcy
1: in that. Oh, movie. yeah. Oh shit. I know that girl too. She was on um she was on Eve. I don't know if you ever watched that show. Mm-hmm. Probably not. No.
4: Um Allie Larter is who we got to see in the whipped cream bikini and unfortunately Unfortunately, in this movie, we end up seeing the guy playing Jake in a whipped cream bikini, but is he says it's a banana split. Um, walks away, there's actually a banana in his ass. Now, in this movie, in this scene, they go on to a little scene where even, I mean, Jake's first football game... Uh, dad's book of Jake's accomplishments Uh, I mean you can just see his dad is wanting him to go to Princeton because he did there's pictures of his face glued on other people's faces it's it's just ridiculous but then we look and we see him in a whipped cream bikini Uh, he says it's she doesn't let here fuck it
2: I don't like Sundays
0: Oh, it's not a sundae; It's a banana split. I
2: don't like those either. Bye, Jake.
4: Watching him walk away with a banana stuck in his ass is seriously disturbing. Uh, watch this scene at your own risk. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Um, but, you know, we go from that scene to, again, this is the risky business scene. Um you know if you do if you've never seen ris- Now, risky business is another one where this is a 2001 movie they're going really really far back for-
1: yeah it, th- yeah this came out in 20 i'm sorry 2001 risky business would have been like almost 20 years before this cuz i think that came out in 82 83 oh uh, yeah yeah it was about a year old so yeah it, it would have yeah. been about 18 years before this yeah
4: yeah they went really far and again this is like watching a Disney movie with your kids and they throw in an adult reference. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like wanting... Okay, here it is. It's like watching Madagascar and suddenly the guy holds up a... You know, one of the lemurs in the movie holds up a book and says, It's a cookbook! It's a cookbook! That's an adult reference to a Twilight Zone episode called To Serve Man. How many adults do you think really knew that? And in this movie, how many people do watching this movie knew this was a scene from Risky Business?
1: Yeah, exactly. And on a side note, Rebecca De Mornay. Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, that, that, yeah, that was a good looking woman. I I don't know how Risky Business and uh, another movie she did with Richard Gere, Intersection. If you never saw Mm -hmm. that, that's a good movie too. But just Rebecca De Mornay, folks. Single white female. (laughs) Which, uh, what was it?
4: Single that? white female. Oh, yo. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I'm she was go, yeah. so hot. Dude, I don't know how she aged, but just back then, she was amazing. Amazing. Again, this is a little risky business scene. Um, Oh, what the hell? We got time. I'll play it. It's, it's kind of funny because he's kind of sitting there telling his parents shit. Here, fuck it.
0: We're really trusting you here, Preston. Where do you want this speaker set up, Preston?
4: Uh, yeah, just move all the shit in the dining room. All right, well, you guys really should hit the road, huh? Because I'm
3: about to take your antique Ferrari to the inner city to buy some hookers.
2: Well, all right, sweetie. We'll call you later to check in. Oh, my, By that point, I'll be so high, I won't even know where the phone is. <laughs> That's my boy.
4: Now in that scene, they mixed risky business with Ferris Bueller's day off. Obviously, they had the "Oh yeah song by I believe the band that that's Yella is who ah. did that. Uh, they kind of did that, um, but that that scene itself was risky business, and it wasn't a Ferrari; it was a Porsche. Uh, in risky business, I that is. Risky Business might be, like, the movie that started my puberty. <laughs> if I mean, 1983, you know, a little after that is when I saw that movie. I believe it was 1986 when I saw it. I was about 11 years old. That was a racy movie. Um, and, you know, for the 80s, it wasn't. I mean, you know, you had a lot more racy movies coming out in the 80s nowadays that movie. yeah but i
1: mean come on me but i mean, but he, I, mean I, I like risky business it was a classic mm-hmm. but i mean looking back on do you think that was kind of far-fetched even back then to think that a guy like that looked like tom cruise did in high school would have a problem getting women yeah because i mean cause i don't know man because you you could just tell he's the type of dude even, even like they tried to portray him as a nerd he, he he's not a believable nerd he just has that look. He yeah. has like he like those like all American good looks that you can see chicks going for. Yeah. That he, even if he wasn't quote unquote, he even if he didn't have a quote unquote strong game about himself when it came to women, women would still give him the time of day just because he looked like a fucking sex symbol. Even back then.
4: Yeah, but you know, see, here's the thing. Back then, you didn't have an internet. You didn't have people to bring that up, so it didn't matter. It didn't matter back then people took movies for what they were movies there wasn't internet for everyone to go and pick every scene apart you know what i mean so back then no you never really thought that now yeah yeah you would think that but but back then it was a you know pre-internet you really
1: have to think pre-internet when you talk about movies Oh, and uh, by the way, I was actually stalling for time because I actually had found a pretty updated version of what Rebecca Mornay looks like. Mm-hmm. I posted it in the chat for you and the uh, fine folks to check out.
4: I do see that, and, uh, bangable. I will say that. She does not look bad. No, not at all. Aged well. She looks a lot like, um... The girl from CSI, the original CSI, the blonde. Uh. Marge. What's her name? Marg. Is it Margo? No, it's Marg. I believe it's M-A-R-G is her name, but I don't know. I know she was in a Steven Seagal movie. Um, I haven't watched CSI in a long time. But uh, she looks a lot like her at this point, but she's still very beautiful. Um... Again, they parody She's All That in the movie that we were talking about. Not another teen movie. They parodied that again with, you know, his uh, Jake's sister going up and making the Julia Stiles character beautiful by, you know, basically taking her glasses off. Uh, uh, She gets a little, you know, scene. And they they even play the song from um, She's All That where uh you know she walks down the stairs, yeah, and, um now this is a funny scene where the guys go on this uh <laughs> right after that there's a really another funny scene, this movie is funny, but uh when these guys go on their little three house road trip is fucking hilarious i i i'm I'm just gonna do it.
1: Sleeping bags, check. Condoms, check. Three pubescent Best and that will take us on a series of wacky mishaps and wild adventures, check. Road, Road trip.
2: We here, <laughs> gentlemen.
1: Tonight, we are going to our first big high school party. Now, if there is any place to buzz the Brillo, this is it. How you plan on buzzing Brillo?
0: With this letter. Now, Amanda Becker will finally know the truth. And I have loved her since the first time I saw her.
4: Okay. Now is where we get into the can't hardly wait part of the movie. Uh, <laughs> if you think about it, they do break up all the... Parody parts into, like scenes. Every scene is another parody of another movie. You know that's really how they break this shit up. Um, so you know this is a the, the, this scene turns you know into a parody of uh, you know can't hardly wait where the you know the, yeah. the, the, the the shy kid is giving Jennifer Love Hewitt a note that says he loves her, but we also get the. The token black guy runs into another black guy.
1: Yeah. It's only right that we
4: play it. It is. I believe it is. Um, now, we also get the scene where, you know, they, they the Jennifer Love Hewitt character walks into the party, and it's in slow motion. And, uh, you know, they're all like, why? Oh, what's going on? And they're like, don't move until it's over. Uh, it's just a weird it's obviously scene.
1: obviously a parody, because, you know, especially going back to the 80s, yeah hot girl walks in on the scene it was always like the stereotypical you, everybody hears the music playing right. and everything stops because you know she's the center of attention yeah it's almost like the director had a neon sign on this woman like she's the one everybody wants to fuck
4: there you go to reference our tupac episode all eyes on me that's what yeah. Yeah, that's what it is so there you go
1: let's go oh, by the way since you brought up tupac oh. coming soon next month all eyes on me review Stay tuned for more details, folks. Oh, hell yeah. I'll watch that. Here we go.
2: What are you doing here? What do you mean? Well, I'm supposed to be the only black guy at this party. Oh, (laughs) shit. Yeah, I know. It's, it's whack. whack. Hey, man. My bad, man. i yeah, no why don't you take this, man? Thanks. All right. All right. Do you think? Hey. Yeah. Peace out, brother. Hey, man. honest mistake. <laughs> really, right?
3: right? <laughs> hey. I just will,
4: right? Hi. Never understand why the Hill Street Blues song came on right there. But uh, it did. Yeah. I, I really, that's Hill Street
1: Blues and and honestly if you really think about it this was this had to be the the easiest movie in the world to make in terms of that di- in terms of script writing dialogue yeah cuz they ba- <laughs> they ba- this is basically like a a cut and paste version of like a <laughs> cheating in high school <laughs> yeah
4: yeah you're right it is um from that scene though we go on to a disgusting scene i do not want to spend much time on um there was word around the school that was there was an undercover cop, and this ah uh, uh, yeah yeah I know what you're getting the to old lady uh, what is her name? Um, Jeanette Miller,
1: because uh, she was in something else. Um, shit, what the fuck was that? It's Jeanette name? Miller. Uh, and no 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 yeah I'm trying to figure what else was she in. I
4: don't know. And uh, the sister of Jake end up in a room kissing. It's the grossest scene. I don't even like watching it. It makes me sick.
1: But well, she wasn't. But but I've never even been kissed, box. Yeah.
4: Good. Um, and then we go. The to
2: mucus a... alone. Yeah. And then we
4: uh, we flip back again to a she's all that where uh, or a can't hardly wait to where you know Janie gets drunk or she thinks she's drunk, but Jake tells her, "I gave you non alcoholic drink." Uh, she's jumping off of you know pools. She gets out of the pool. Jamie Presley's character in the movie walks up and starts talking shit to her. Now Janie is soaking wet here from being in a pool. Jamie Presley's character pours a bottle of water on her, and she freaks out. Obviously, that's the funny part to where she's soaking wet and there's a bottle of water poured on her, and she freaks
1: out. Are you going to cry now? Blah, blah, blah. You know, basically gets her to the run out of the party. And, oh, my God, I, I love this scene for the guy that did that whole parody. Whenever it's a big emotional scene, you know, he does the slow clap. Yes, thank you. Yes. Thank you. We got to play that part.
4: The slow clap guy. Well, we'll play it. But it's hard to play that part. You know what? I can do that. I can get to it. It's a visual scene, but let's be honest, it's funny as fuck. Let me get to it. Hold on here. Where can I get to it? Where is that scene? God damn it, I'm missing it. I don't know if I can get to it. I'm trying. I'm trying. Wait. Wait. I'm right there. Hold on. Here we go. Let's see. I think I'm a few seconds behind it. Let's see.
3: She runs off crying.
4: By the way, Janie's crying scenes in this movie are so overly dramatic. They're excellent. I just want to say that. And here we go. Here's the scene.
2: You can't just start a slow clap at any old time. You gotta wait for the right
1: moment.
3: But how am I going to know when it's the right moment?
0: Oh. You'll know.
4: (sighs) Yes, the slow clap guy does come into play a couple more times in this movie. Uh, I don't know why he shouldn't. There's a weird scene where Jake is, uh, after that, where Jake is down there. And he's, you know, talking to Janie about her mom and everything. She tells a weird story about her mom, how she died of cancer. But it goes off on weird tangents. And But, um... And then they go to another scene in the movie. <coughs> excuse me. um, In the locker room. And I want to play this where Jamie Presley kind of goes a little crazy and starts showing her weird side. So... Here we go. I just want to play this because it's Jamie Presley standing there in. All right, she's half naked, and I just want to watch it. Anyway.
2: You think you're going to be prom queen? Well, think again, Janie, because you put the ass in embarrassment, the boo in taboo, and the suck in liposuction. Is that the best you can do? No, you also put the brat in bratwurst and the ooh in jujitsu and the ism. And this is all just a defense mechanism. Well, I told her. I said, you take the whole to <laughs> just send your mama back.
4: In. <laughs> now, right after that, that scene is great again, just because Jamie Presley is half naked. Um, right after that scene. There's a that they go into the cafeteria of the school, and there's a hot dog stand that says hot dogs. Underneath it, it says for practicing oral sex. Yes, I didn't catch that until this time I watched the movie. To be honest with
1: you, yeah, yeah, man, it's like it's like you know when you first see a movie like The Matrix, uh-huh. they they always tell you it'll make sense the next day. Yeah. Like yeah, it's a lot of movies like that. Like even even Goodfellas. As much as I love that movie, I swear every time I go back and watch it, and I really pay attention to it, I notice new things every time. I find new little nuances that like damn it, why didn't I notice that?
4: You know, I'll tell you the truth. As many times as I've seen NYPD Blue, Eddie, every fucking time I watch it, I catch something I didn't catch. Every time and every show I watch, I catch shit that I
1: didn't catch. It's just yeah, man. I mean that's why you watch. It is weird like, you know, that's why they say like it's like watching a movie or a TV show, even if it's shitty, you really kind of be you really got to be focused on it because little things, if if the writing is good and the, and the uh whatever, you know, the writing, the directing, whatever, all of that kind of stuff comes together, mm-hmm. little things add up to like the overall scope of what they're trying to get across. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it And again, it makes shitty movies like this a little better. Um, but, uh, yeah, let me go a little bit here. I'm trying to get to the next scene while you're talking here. Um, yeah, we're
1: actually getting closer and closer to my uh, personal highlight of the movie. The whole prom song.
4: Ah, yes, we are getting closer. I did want to play the... That's uh, my
1: favorite scene. <laughs> I want to play the cheerleading
4: scene real quick. Again, it's just to watch Jamie Presley shake her ass. Um, They also do a little bit of uh, another movie. They parody in this movie is uh, Just Bring It, the cheerleading movie. Um, And you'll hear that right here. I'll go ahead and play it.
2: Don't think you fooling us because we saw you at our practice and I know you stole our routine. Kate, I don't know what you're talking about because we've always done our own cheers. Right, girls? That's That's right. right. Well, then you better bring it. Oh, it's already been brought mm. We
0: are the North Compton Wildcats. We're black. We know it. We shake our big booties and show it. We ain't white. We ain't white. We definitely ain't white. Break it down, niggas. Yeah,
2: those bitches. That's
4: Alright, maybe I play that part just to hear the white guy say damn those bitches represent.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the white the white chicks were actually more ghetto than the black chicks in this movie. Oh, Go
4: figure. God damn. Um <clears throat> the next part I'm gonna play in this movie though will be the uh the scene where mister T comes and talks to
1: Mr T yeah. as
4: the wise janitor
1: coming yes yeah, sad, sadly I, I i gotta say this, this predates the wwe hall of fame hell they were still it, they were still wwf at the time this movie came out mm-hmm. so he does not talk about his mama None. so so sorry to disappoint everybody yes so here we go
2: that butterflies, huh? Yeah. who are you I'm the wise janitor. I'm here to impart knowledge, help youngsters overcome their fears. I also replace the sanitary cakes in the urinals. But right now, I'm here to help you get your throwback. How did you? I've been watching you, kid, doing practice, in the hallways, in the locker rooms, taking a shower, whooping other boys with a wet towel. Hmm, I can tell you kinda like that. <laughs> Whoa, hey, let's just get back to the throne, okay? Look, the thing that happened with Marty, it wasn't your fault really okay it was your fault but the point is you got to get over it i mean it could have happened to anybody anybody that disobeyed the coach's orders and the team wishes and threw a bullet pass to a slightly retarded 90-pound kid who should never been on the field in the first place whoa
0: stop how is any of this supposed to be helping me
2: you're right forget about what i said the main thing you got to go out there believe in the ball and throw yourself you can do it
0: Going
4: out. There. All right, and of course we get the kind of sort of not really the song, but we get a uh, kind of a parody of the song. This here, there goes my hero from Foo Fighters, as the Varsity Blues parody goes forth here. Um And, uh, oh, by the way, B-Megs could place Jamie Presley. I'll put a good picture of Jamie Presley for you. There you go. You can check that picture of Jamie Presley out. That'll, uh, that should make you happy right there. Um. Ah! Oh, wait, what the hell? That didn't go to Jamie Presley. Forget that picture, goddammit. That was the wrong picture. I'll get another one in just a second here. But uh, yeah, I mean, they 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 basically you know they're they're parodying a bunch of things in this in, in um in this scene right here the football scene with Ver- with a uh, varsity blues, yeah uh, just a it, not the again this isn't the greatest movie in the world not the worst movie in the world either though
1: not the worst but but honestly I, part of the charm of it part of the charm of not another team movie is their lack of effort believe it or not where they don't really try to it's not meant to be an original movie right the whole the title says it all not another teen movie yeah
4: exactly (laughs) and
1: and, and i think they were kind of basically making fun of like all the stereotypes in in your typical teen movies like they all follow the same general plot whether they're pg-13 rated r you got the nerd that's desperately in love with a girl who doesn't seem to know him or notice him he eventually makes good. Uh-huh. You got the high school jock that's an asshole in the beginning. He's reformed by the end of the whole thing. Well,
4: you got the high school jock who sucks as a jock. The
1: yeah, because that's the one thing I will say. Like, don't you think it's kind of like they try to portray him as an asshole, but he really isn't. He's oblivious, but he's not really an
4: asshole. No, he's just he's definitely oblivious. Um, and you know, of course, he you know goes out there and he doesn't make the throw. Actually, he ends up killing. Uh, the 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 Billy Bob character in this movie Reggie Ray, with his last concussion, uh, and um, then we get the scene where finally it comes. Uh, we're almost there, Anthony. We're almost to your scene. Uh, we get to a scene where uh, you know again yeah. the 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 secret sort of gets gets told, but here I've, I'll fuck it here. Senor, you just blew my perfect season.
0: What do you want, Austin? A life?
2: And payback.
0: Come on, man, don't do this.
2: No, man, I think I'll hang around. Maybe tell Jenny little S E C R A T P. What's going on?
0: <laughs> Austin. Um. Austin, this isn't funny. No. I don't believe it. All right, Janie, I said I could turn you into prom queen, but that's when I thought you were just ugly Janie Briggs, you know, the girl with no friends and who was dirt poor and smelled a little funky. Look, I made a mistake. If I could go back now, I never would have made that stupid bet.
2: What bet? (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I never said anything about a bet.
3: <laughs>
0: All I said was, I'm pretending to whisper a big secret in your ear, so the Jake here thinks I'm telling you a big secret, which will cause him to break into an hysterical confession where he actually reveals a big secret, thus confirming everything I just
2: whispered in your ear.
4: Go. Jake is busted. Um, <laughs> that guy is... I gotta tell you, the guy playing the Paul Walker character is such a douche. It's He's a really great douchebag in this movie. Like, really great. Um, then we get to another scene where they're, this is kind of the Grease thing, where they're singing the ridiculous song about each other, about making... A, uh do you want me to play it from here Anthony? Ah, that's gotcha. it. All right, then hold on. 1 second. Here we go.
0: I wish I didn't make that bet. That's not the guy I want to be. If I could just turn back the clock Then Janie would still be with me
3: Tell me, mom, what should I do? I love this boy, but he has been
0: untrue I'll do my best to make things right
2: I wish we could resolve this fight.
0: It could happen. It could
3: happen. Oh, right. night.
0: I'm getting pussy no matter what. Even if it were dirty slot. True love is what I want the most. Off in your French toast. <laughs> <laughs> you know what,
3: if we have the same mother,
2: tonight I'm gonna follow my brother. In a few hours, I'll be queen of the brown. I've been since my first tour, and now I'm singing to the brown man. She doesn't know why.
4: obviously making fun of all the disney movies that do the song in between
1: you know it's just it's again a parody movie Um uh, yeah i honestly it, this makes the because honestly when i first saw it i enjoyed it because like you know like i said i was still like eh, borderline teenager at the point that this came mm-hmm. out and it was funny but that scene put it over the top for me Come on, I'm I'm getting pussy no matter what.
4: Yeah, it's pretty funny. It is, it is. Oh, good...
1: I could have done without the whole. I just jerked off and your. It was funny, but I could have done without that line.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: And now we get uh,
4: real quick. We get back to the can't hardly wait thing where uh, he, uh, you know, the 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 kid gives her the note and she's oh fuck it. Let's.
2: What do you expect from me? Do you think I'm just gonna have sex with you? No, no, no. You, you don't understand. Because I-, I am not some kind of cheap slut. I don't screw every pathetic guy that gives me a letter. I give them hand jobs.
1: Wanna <laughs> dance?
4: There you go. Only if we're horizontal. Hey, there you remember, go. Remember,
1: remember, folks. That, you know what day, day was? That's proof positive that not all heroes wear capes. There
4: you go, sir. I like that.
1: Not all heroes wear capes. I cakes.
4: like that. And and another funny line in this movie is when the uh, the the one guy is like, "Well, you never believe here." They're all dancing like professionally, and uh, the one guy, of course, says, "Hold on."
0: Funny, isn't it you would never suspect that everyone at this school is a professional dancer
4: <laughs> you never suspect everyone's a professional dancer amazing uh, yeah. <laughs> and again that's th- that, that's shining some light on the parodies in this movie uh, <laughs> but it's funny um and again this this whole scene is a she's all that mostly parody where you know he he finds out he's prom king and, you know, Jake does. And prom queen turns out to be the Siamese twins we didn't bring up. But, uh, you know, we go from that to where another, like I said, you know, basically he goes from there. And let's see. What's what's another scene we can play? Let's go ahead and play where um, Jake walks in. <laughs> Jake finally does go to the hotel he's told to go to where uh, he was told Janie is. She's not there. Instead, it's his ex-girlfriend, Jamie Presley's character. He ends up uh, punching out, and she's with Austin. And uh, he ends up punching out everyone in the room, and cooling the uh, creepy bag guy who's there recording everything. And again, B-Meg says that's the American Beauty reference. and Just didn't get it. Sorry. But, uh, In the meantime, during while Jake is going to try to find Janie, um, Ox, who's playing the uh, Oz character in this movie from American Pie, is sitting there. And again, remember, he's looking for love in this movie. So let's see what happens.
0: Hello. Hi. Hi.
2: I never thought I'd hear myself say this, but for once, I wish I could meet a nice, sensitive guy who wanted more than just sex.
0: That is very admirable.
2: For once, I wish a guy would take me out for dinner.
0: I feel the same way.
2: (sighs) And for once... I wish a guy would take a dump on my
4: chest. That is appalling. (laughs) That really upsets me. I can't believe nobody's ever taken a
0: dump on your chest. Will you be that guy?
2: Be an honor and a privilege
4: there you go he finds love and uh, Jake <laughs> Jake goes <laughs> goes to find Janie, but her dad is in some sort of drunken uh, Vietnam flashback tells her he she's at the airport and uh, you know he he goes to find her at the airport. And this is uh God damn, do I have to I, I think I might have to play this whole fucking part.
1: Fuck it. I mean, hey. Well, we're at the tail end anyway, and this is this is basically tying up loose ends, folks, so it explains it better than we can really kind of describe it. You gotta you gotta hear it to kind of really understand what it's going yeah. for.
4: All right, here we go. He he here. I'm not even gonna play the part where he gets through security. Um now right before this part, we do need to say Ducky is like determined on this night or Ricky in this movie yeah. is uh, determined to tell Janie that he loves her and he's determined to beat Jake there he's been hit by a bus he gets beat up he is in bad shape so you're going to hear him in this scene and I do want to let you know that that's why you're going to hear him so here you go yeah. tone
2: immediately
4: Right before this, by the way, you're going to hear Jake get through security, and here is how he does it.
2: Excuse me, everyone. There's a girl boarding a
0: plane right now to Paris that I love. And if I don't get there in time and tell her how I really feel, I may never see her again. Go get her, son. Good luck, young
2: man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, girl, yeah, just go. Freeze, bitch. <laughs> right now we get uh,
4: Ricky slash Ducky is behind him in this scene, and uh, he's Right behind him, trying to go to security, sees all the people, tries the same move.
2: Excuse me, excuse me, everyone. There's a girl about to board a plane to Paris right now that I love,
0: and we already heard that one, asshole.
4: That That didn't work. He's finally spots Janie, Jake does, and here we go.
2: Oop, here we go. Come on, give it back. Just believe in the ball, Jake. And throw yourself.
0: Janie, thank God I got to you in time. Listen to me. I'm not going to let you get on this plane and go to Paris. This is
2: by call. Well, Why not? we going to be invited non-stop in our school in Paris. So if you're trying to find the
1: words to stop a girl from leaving, now, it's now to the time. Janie, I made that bet before I
0: knew you. Before I really knew me.
2: Oh, Jake. Okay, hold it
4: right there. Okay. I mean, I'm going to hold it right there. This is where I want to explain. Right here is where we get our Molly Ringwald uh, cameo. Molly Ringwald, if you don't know, was in Breakfast Club, and she was part of the Brat Pack. So that is why she's in this movie. She was in Sixteen Candles. She was in Pretty in Pink. And uh, she's a big part of this movie, and that's why they bring her in. So you're going to hear her also. Here we go.
2: Please tell me that you didn't just quote Freddie Prince Jr. I knew it. That was a line from She's All That. I masturbate to that movie.
0: (laughs) Do you mind?
2: No, not at all. I think masturbation is very healthy. <laughs> Janie, you told me you couldn't believe in someone that didn't believe in you. Well, I believed
0: in you. I always believed in you.
2: Oh, Jake. Oh, gosh! I can't believe you fell for that crap.
3: That's
0: from Pretty in Pink. Are you sure? Trust me. <laughs> Excuse
2: me, what are you doing?
3: Let me give you a little piece of advice here, Jake. Why don't you lose the I'm the cute and sensitive popular boy with a big sideburns routine? It's just too pathetic. And for once, tell Janie what's true in your heart. Stop being such a little bitch. And you, Janie, little miss other side of the tracks, awkward rebel girl with the pseudo-intellectual glasses, why don't you wise up to Jake's bullshit? Stop being such a dumbass.
0: She's right. Janie? Yes, Jake? Maybe you should get on that plane and go to Paris. Huh? Well, you know, I mean, if you stay, we really only have the summer, and then I go to college, and we'll talk on the phone and spend the occasional weekend together, which is nice. <laughs> but chances are one night I'm going to get wrecked and have unprotected sex with some girl in my dorm. You'll find her thong and call me a slut. I'll call you a tease, and we'll break up. So when you really think about it, what's the point? Well, that wasn't exactly the kind of truth I was expecting.
2: That doesn't mean I'm gonna fall for it. I mean, how big of a dumbass do you think I am? You obviously stole that speech from Karate Kid.
0: Uh, no, actually. I mean, shh,
2: Jake. It's okay. I love you too. We
3: all know where this is going. Fucking teenagers.
4: (laughs) This is it. The right moment.
3: Making love to you was never second best.
4: And Ricky slash Ducky steals starting a slow clap man's moment and starts the slow clap, um, and that's it. That that's it. That's the fucking movie.
1: That's the movie B. That's the movie
4: B. Damn good movie. Funny movie. Um yeah. Again, if you're a fan of all the John Hughes movies and all the movies that you see parodies of in here. It's going to be a really funny movie to you. If not, you're going to be a little bit confused. You
1: are. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, let's be honest, though. Most of the people listen to this show, mm-hmm. most of the people that download it will have seen these Johnny. He- like I said, I would say, if you, I would say 30 and up, you'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah. I would say 25 and younger, you'll have to do some research to get the humor in this movie.
4: Yeah, and you know what? Do it. Watch the movies. Watch the Fast Times at Ridgemont High, yes. watch, um, let's see, Breakfast every Club. Every John
1: Hughes, honestly, every John Hughes movie, you know, Weird science. Yeah, well, that wasn't Candles, yeah. Breakfast Club. Yep, yep, yep. Pretty Pink. Even, like, the 16 Candles and the Pretty and Pinks, mm-hmm. fuck them. I love them. I do, too, man. I do, too. I'll watch them. Uh,
4: and that's about it, man. What else? You, I mean, I, I, besides just, you know, I mean, we've pretty much broke this movie down. Uh we have any trivia on this movie? Let me see here. Any good stuff. It, it, I know it did
1: well at the box office and did it? Yeah, it did pretty well. It was made on a budget of fifteen million, which let's <laughs> be <Okay. laughs> when Paul Gleason rest in peace, I don't mean disrespect to him, but when Paul Gleason, Mr. T and Molly Ringwald are the three biggest stars in the movie.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> the studio was actually unhappy with the original ending of the movie. Prompting the makers of the film to seek out Molly Ringwald to help him out with the end. That's why she was in the end of the movie.
1: Ah, yep. so there's some cutting room foot, cutting room floor footage that unfortunately you probably may never see the light of day. Probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of everything works out for a reason. I'm kind of glad because that was a fun little uh, cameo.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um. During the big football scene at the end there that we were uh, telling, right, right before, um, what's his name? Right before Austin tells uh, Janie the secret, is uh, all the football players that come on the field, if you look on the back of their jerseys, it just says extra.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about it. this movie like... <laughs> I'm get, I'm assuming this probably broke every Hollywood rule about, you know, breaking the fourth wall that there is to break. Yeah. Self-referential, it's just like, wow. <laughs> uh the band This one was just a whole this 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 movie was a one big inside joke. Yeah, pretty much. Uh if you're uh wondering who the band singing
4: at the prom was, that is Good Charlotte. Um and there's also uh besides the hot dog uh, thing where it says, you know, sold for, you know, practicing oral sex. There's also a banner in the cafeteria that says, Save Ferris. And if you don't know where that came from, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, obviously. Uh, you know, and uh, it does say in here, you know, Paul Gleason's role was replies reprised from his breakfast club role as principal. Uh, we mentioned that.
1: In Russia, yeah, and I'm looking at. Let me see here. In Russia, I'm reading some quick factoids. Uh, let's see uh-huh. here. So, so the movie was made on a budget of uh, fifteen million.
3: Okay.
1: It ended up making sixty-six point five million. And uh, let's see here. Look at this. This is actually interesting. This kind of echoes what we've been saying throughout this uh, little broadcast tonight. The film received generally negative reviews from critics. Rotten Tomatoes gave the film a score of twenty eight percent based on ninety six reviews with an average rating of four out of ten. There's your Bret Hart reference. <laughs> the site the site's consensus states, NAM not another teen movie for you not to know. Has some funny moments, but the movie requires the audience to have familiarity with the movie being spoofed and a tolerance for toilet and sexual humor to be truly effective. That pretty, that pretty much sums up what we've been saying for the past two plus yeah, hours. Yeah, it does.
4: A um, couple more quick. I have two more that I want to mention on this. Um, two more quick trivia facts. Jamie Presley's character in this movie is actually named Priscilla. Um, she is often mistaken for Priscilla Presley, and obviously that's, you know, Elvis's widow, and, uh, that's who, uh, they decided to name her after. And, um, another really quick thing we've mentioned, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and we've done Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Check that out in the archives. Um, <clears throat> when Jake is running after the prom, he's running after Janie. He stops at a red light. The building on the corner is named Spicoli's TV Repair. Ah, Spicoli, obviously a character from the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High, played by Sean Penn. So, you know, that uh, obviously a blatant, you know, copyright there of exactly what uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High was going for. Um, I actually lost Anthony real quick here. I'll get him back in just a second here. I'm trying to see if there's any more. Um, Actually, the high school featured in this movie is the same location that was used as West Beverly High School in Beverly Hills 90210. So I don't know if anyone knew that, but this was actually the exact same high school that was used in 90210 right there. Uh, nice. yeah yeah so obviously i got anthony back and um that's it that's really the 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 some of the best things from this movie right there man i'm i got nothing else
1: yeah i mean we pretty much <laughs> we got more out of this movie than we expected so yeah i was expecting I this, we should give ourselves a pat on the yeah head. i was
4: expecting this to be like a hour and 10 minute show but uh yeah i mean we <laughs> went off topic a little bit but who gives a shit man
1: it all tied in,
4: if you really think about it. It did, it did. but uh, there you go. Um, pff, not another teen movie. Definitely check it out. Definitely watch the movies that this movie is relating to. Um, a lot of the movies this movie makes fun of are really good. Uh, yeah, memorable. I mean, you know, might be your age. This It definitely could be an age thing, but a lot of the movies that that this movie made fun of were memorable movies for me. And, I mean, I mean Anthony, you know, being younger than me, knows every movie probably, you know, almost every movie in here too. So, you know, yeah. it, it just goes to show that these movies are timeless. Definitely, definitely. You know, that, that they're making fun of. And, uh, you know, no big deal. Who cares? Make fun of movies. I don't give a shit but uh yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, and uh again Jamie Presley in this movie hot as shit. Yes. She's the fucking number one chick in my book, dude. Yes. So, oh well, uh, that on that note, I guess we should uh plug and go. What do you say?
1: Uh yeah, plug and go. I'm just going to do a quick little uh mention here cuz I I have been mentioning off and on throughout the course of the week in the show. Before. Basically uh to piggyback off of uh, Box's uh, NYPD Blue references, uh-huh. I recently restarted watching uh, Married with Children from the beginning. Uh-huh. And I'm going to be giving like weekly updates on where I'm going with it and where I'm at. Okay. So okay. I basically started off with, the, obviously, the first season. And it was the shortest season, 13 episodes. And I wanted to get your opinions, Box. Were you a Married with Children fan?
4: I was. Have I watched
1: every single episode? No. Yeah, now um, I, I don't. I haven't really decided on a format of how I want to do this segment, but uh, obviously, you know, just going back because it's been a while since I actually watched mm-hmm. it. Debuted uh, on April fifth, nineteen eighty seven, and to this day, it is Fox's longest running live action show. Wow. Two hundred and fifty nine episodes. Wow. Two hundred and fifty nine episodes. I mean, obviously, The Simpsons is probably going to end up beating that, right. but. In terms of like live action sitcoms, as in like everybody loves Raymond Seinfeld, with real people, basically is what right, I'm saying. Right, 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 right. Yep, it's the longest running show, and I don't think, and especially in this day and age, I don't think Fox will ever have another show that runs that long. Man, and uh, the the way it ended was a disgrace, you know, you know. But we'll get to that as <laughs> time goes on. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to bring it up, like, because what I've noticed is it's the tale of two shows, mm-hmm. because like obviously you have. The first era, the first four years were... It was more of a traditional sitcom. And then, like, from the fifth season onward, it got uh, got into, like, the humor that it became known for, like, the off-color. I mean, it had all off-color humor throughout the entire run. Right. it didn't get more slapsticky until, like, you had, like, uh, Jefferson. Forgot his real name.
4: When it started adding that
1: guy and the no-man people and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And I wanted to get your opinion on something. Oh, okay. Now, with the first season... The first season marks the only season in the entire 11-year history of the run of the show where Al actually showed affection towards Peg. All right. Like, in a, lot of situa- in a lot of instances, he actually initiated a lot of the sex that they had. I would say they probably had more sex in the first season than they had throughout the entire run of the show. Because okay. that became, like, obviously, that the, it became like a running joke of the show that Peg, he basically... Hated having sex with his wife. Hook you right. Yeah. Okay, But it's like if you look at that, and I if you get a chance, box, you know, to download the episodes or get I know you can get your hands mm-hmm. on them. Just watch the first season. And it's very much you you really get like a different Bundy. Like, like you get a different take on the Bundy family. Like, even the kids. Like, they actually filmed the pilot that never aired. Right. With different kids that weren't uh Christina Applegate and uh, David Faustino. Mm-hmm. And also the uh, Kelly character, once again, evolution of the character. She, the first two or three years, she wasn't the smartest person, but they portrayed her as being like a little more street smart and not the typical dumb blonde. Right. And even Al was like more of a. I can't explain. He was more of a like traditional dad, so to speak. He he was like frustrated. He was going through shit, but he wasn't as like ambivalent to things. Right. 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 So, uh, if you had to choose, like, what which version of the show would you say you prefer? Did you prefer it with David Garrison when they had the Rhodes family or did you prefer it when they had the Darcy's? Oof. Because a lot of people, like, believe, I mean, <laughs> David Garrison kind of gets forgotten about. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, when he left the show in the, after the fourth season, that was a big deal at the time.
4: Yeah, and I do remember that. And, um, honestly, I'm, I, I, I'm downloading it right. I've, I've got the show going right now. Actually, I have the extras. Uh, I'm doing a full DVD rip download. Um, so I probably could catch up to where you're at pretty quick.
1: Yeah, like I said, I haven't gotten too far. I, like I said, I zipped through the first season. But like I said, I just noticed like little things like that. It was just like it, the humor, the toilet humor was still there, right? Like you know, the you know, Al was just like he was in the tits. He was in the doing, Like you know, he didn't give a fuck about his job. And <laughs> Al, let me, a show like this would not fly today because mm-hmm. Al gave zero fucks. Oh, dude, <laughs> <geez>, so many. <laughs> he really, I mean, Jesus Christ. P, I mean, it, this show would get it, it would get pulled off the air after about two or three episodes. because the original, and you know, what? I don't know if you know the story because Ron Levitt and uh, what's the guy's name, Michael Moyer. Uh-huh. The guys that came up with the show, they basically were tired of the traditional format of our shows. Like the Cosby the original <laughs> to give it put it in perspective, the original name of the uh married with children show was not the Cosby's. <laughs> that was the original working title. You know, it's sad
4: that a show like that would be pulled off the air nowadays. Really. When you think of it,
1: that's no,
4: no, no. It's sad. Um Proving once again that we really need to lighten up as a society. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. A show like that should be revered. You know, we should be begging for something edgy like that to come back out again. We should be wanting something like that. You know why? Laughter is the best medicine, dude. Yeah. There is really no great comedies. I, what's the last great comedy you heard about?
1: Uh honest mm, tell me. Let me see. <laughs> I, I gotta put Tommy over for a second. I I it's probably like a show like Seinfeld. Like 'cause and that, and that's a show like at the time that it was on, mm-hmm. I honestly didn't appreciate it. You could I I I watched it here and there, but I didn't really get into it until after the fact. Like Oh, now I get why it was a big deal. Looking back, yeah,
4: I mean you could really throw shows: Seinfeld, Friends, South Park.
1: You could throw South Even Park, Friends, in there. and that's another one. I used to mock anybody that watched that show in the nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. I mocked them religiously, <laughs> but now I'm like looking back. I, I didn't call some episodes. I'm like, it really was a good show. Yeah, and and you know, but but
4: but uh, unfortunately, we don't want comedies anymore. Look at what some of the number one shows now, These a lot of the dramas. We want drama. We want reality. And that's, you know, unfortunately reality shows are mostly number one shows right now, which should disgust a lot of people. It really yeah. should. Nah, and I'm not saying I don't like certain reality shows because I do, but... It should disgust a lot of people that some of these reality shows that are number one right now. But, you know, I mean, really, some of the greater comedies would would never, never be able to air right now that you could think of. Even a show like Seinfeld or something would be picked apart right now and probably wouldn't be. I mean, yeah, you know, you mean you got your reruns and stuff, but people want your, like you mentioned before, Everybody Loves Raymond they want your King of Queens reruns that's what people want that's what people want to see and they and and, and they want to watch your fucking, you know, your uh, reality show reruns now So yeah,
1: and, and, and the funny thing is, you know, I actually pull, pulled out I pulled out your gimmick from the show I pulled out a few factoids mm-hmm. from I Married With Children and honestly, you know, we're talking about like good taste and controversy. Controversy is what put this show on the map because you know how we have uh, a lot of the uh, they call them social justice warriors, people that bitch and are happy and live blissfully and they're bitching about every little, little thing. People like wait nowadays, just they wait around and just wait to get pissed off about something. Right, right, right. And honestly, it was a woman. Named Terry Ricolta from 1989. She was from Bloomington Hills, Michigan. And she led a boycott against Married with Children. And that is, she uh, basically indirectly led to this show becoming a hit. Because I don't know if you remember Fox, when Fox first came on a a scene in, uh, I want to say 86, 87. It was on like, uh, this is going, I'm dating myself, rabbit ears. Right. It was like on a U. It was a UHF channel, UHF. Channel. Yes, it was. So basically, <laughs> it wasn't on traditional TV. So you had to struggle to find Fox.
2: <laughs> yeah, you had
1: to struggle <laughs> to find Fox. Yeah. Box, you know, he would know better than me. That was a channel that was hard as
4: fuck. Hell yeah, the for like the first four or five years. Absolutely, dude. It, it was it was like a new cable, and, and, and look, a new cable channel in those days was like, what, a. A what? You mean someone broke into the business? How the <laughs> fuck did they do that? But they did. Fox Fox did it. And yeah, they, they were did. showing, you know, Marry with Children, and they were edgy as fuck. And yes, listen, controversy... Look, Eric Bischoff had a great statement when he said the words, Controversy creates cash. He was 100% right. It does. uh, It does. And what this lady did backfired. Listen, same thing happened to Marilyn Manson when the churches started protesting him. You know what happened? He became number fucking one.
1: Yeah, it's all about curiosity because, you know, basically to uh, get to the point of what I was saying, this woman, Terry Recolta from Bloomington Hills, Michigan, she led a boycott Mm -hmm. because she was watching the show. You know, like I said, she was doing some housework, soccer mom. She let her kids watch TV. And she happened to come in while he was watching an episode of uh, Married with Children. The episode in question was called uh, Her Cups Runneth Over. And uh, apparently she was offended. Offended, I say, by the images of old men wearing women's garter. Because I think Al and Steve, I haven't gotten to this episode yet. But I think they were like in a uh, a sex shop, basically. Because they were looking for a a bra for a peg that was discontinued. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, she wrote a letter, and she basically started this campaign, and she got a bunch of um, sponsors to pull out. Huh. And, the, and the line that set her off <laughs> was, <laughs> "And they wonder why we call them queens?" Because that was an, that was Al's uh, response to a, a bunch of uh, <laughs> mannequins that he saw dressed in SMF m S&M gear. Mm-hmm. Cause in a homo- they did a whole, they did a scene with a homosexual or gay dude wearing a tiara, right, right, right. that type of situation. And now it was a, it was a gay joke.
4: Oh my god! Before gay
1: jokes were in vogue.
4: Well, no, dude, you can't make a gay joke now. I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure you can say the word gay. To be honest with you, Anthony, I, I, I believe you're being insensitive. I believe yeah. they are female challenged. Jesus Christ! Nowadays, yes.
1: Yeah, and, and to show you the fucking absurdity of this <gasps> bitch.
4: Okay, what I just said was completely absurd, by the way.
1: <laughs> it was absurd, but yeah. But I'm just saying, like this this bitch, she created such an uproar that Fox actually refused to air an episode called "I'll See You in Court." It, it, I, honestly, it was in the, it was a third it was a third season episode, right? Ah, Bud says they are called hetero challenged. I'm... Yeah, but it, it's <laughs> insane because the context of this episode, I'll see you in court. I, uh, Al and Peg go to this hotel that, that was recommended to him by uh, Stephen Marcy. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to them, they were videotaped having sex. Ah. Yep. And, <laughs> the epi- And by today's standards, an episode like that is considered tame. But it actually didn't air. It, this was an episode that was filmed in 1989. It didn't air for the first time until June of 2002. Wow. On FX. It, it it was basically pulled from syndication, and it wasn't released until, like, they came out with a best-of DVD, like the five best episodes of uh, Married with Children, and they promoted the DVD by saying, see the infamous lost episode. Whoa. Because they literally pulled it out of rotation. It aired once, like, in international markets, but in the States, it never aired. Whoa. Really? Wait a minute. Now, you said DVD, not VHS. No, it was DVD. Okay, so that because I actually had the DVD. They came out with a DVD in like around like two thousand two, two thousand three, mm-hmm. where they it was like the top five or the top best episodes of Married with Children, and the marketing, the whole marketing behind the DVD was see the infamous lost episode, and it was that episode. Wow, and
0: I'm...
1: because the whole controversy of it was, it was a it was basically like they were filmed against their knowledge. Uh-huh. Steve and Marcy had went to the uh, the hotel, and their sex tape was like hours and hours. And the whole reason Al didn't want to go to court about it was because their tape was short. It was like a couple... It was like a minute and a half or something like that. Wow. And Al didn't want his performance on trial. But the whole point of it was, Fox thought it was too edgy because, like I said, the Cups run up over episode, the gay jokes. She had made such a thing about that. They didn't think another episode based around sex was going to be good. They even changed... It was an episode... I'm. I know I'm going in on this, that's fine. but it was another episode that they renamed. It was like called the camping trip. That's how. That's the official title. Oh boy! But um, the original title you'll love this one. It was called a period piece.
4: I see where you're going.
1: The whole concept of the episode was Al and the fa- Al and Steve and, Bud and all. They were going on a camping trip with the fa- with the girls. Mm-hmm. And all the girls, Kelly, Peggy, and um, Marcy, were all on their period at the same time, oh. and they still did the episode.
4: <laughs> wow!
1: And you know, <laughs> the original title was called "The Period." And I'm,
4: Peace. I'm, 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 I'm going to go ahead and say Christina Applegate, at the time, was one of the sexiest women alive. When this show was happening, she was gorgeous and still is.
1: Now, would you say from the beginning, or was it like once she got sluttier and dumber? Always. I,
4: look, I'm a sucker for blondes, first of all. I love me blonde chicks. I just...
1: I loved her in fucking Don't Tell Mama. Don't Tell Mama Babysitter's Dead. I loved
4: her in every... Dude, even... Holy shit, Mafia. Oh, wow, that's a... With Jay Moore, she was a... She was even... We will do that movie one night. Um... Cause th- that's... And shout out to
1: her, you know, she's been through a lot, so shout out to she her. She she's
4: a breast cancer survivor, um, and I believe she had a double mastectomy, I believe she had both of her breasts removed at one point.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, God bless, I'm glad she's doing well. Uh, she's,
4: uh, from what I've seen, she's doing great, she's,
1: I, if I'm not mistaken, she's in a TV show right now. And uh, yeah, and I believe it or not, Bud is at <laughs> Bud David Faustino. He's actually uh, working on a reboot. Really? Uh, I'm. I'm. It seems like it'll be a Netflix type of situation. But I, I'm normally not in favor of going to the well with things that worked in the past. But considering how it ended, and we never really got a pro, it, the show never got the send off that it deserved. Because um, I'm reading all. I got uh, a list of 19 facts, and I'm going to run through real quick. Let me see here. Former Laverne and Shirley and Different Strokes writers Michael G. Moore and Ron Levitt were hired of the saccharine family sitcoms of the 80s. So when given the opportunity to create a brand new show for the then brand new Fox Network, the two conceived of a series that went against everything they'd been working on up until then. What began with the working title of Not the Cosbys became married with children and let me see, 19, 19 facts for the show. Doo-doo-doo. It was Fox's first primetime show. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that earlier. It uh, debuted on Sunday, April 5th, 1987, so it just celebrated an anniversary. Wow. Fox made its primetime debut at 7 p.m. Eastern with the pilot episode of Married with Children, which was followed by the series premiere of, you'll love this one, Box, the Tracy Allman Show.
4: I used to watch that. I liked... <laughs> you remember the Tracy Allman Show? I used to watch the tra- I liked the Tracy Allman Show. She was... That was a good show, dude. That was a good show back I mean, then. That
1: was only on for like one year, right? It wasn't on that long. It, was it? wasn't
4: very long, but I did watch that show. Um, so,
1: so am, I, am I breaking open the memory bank? for you? No,
4: not really. But I, I do remember watching that show. Um, I remember the theme song was sung by Tracy Ullman, and uh, but I mean that's it. it was a a, a a sketch comedy show by her. It was. It was all right. It was. Um, Dare I say it was the precursor to uh, kids in the hall type shows and stuff like that? Wow,
1: wow, that's
4: dude. Isn't that swear? You are going to be forced to watch Kids in the Hall brain candy one night. Their movie.
1: Did you ever watch the show? Oh yeah,
4: on Comedy Central, one hundred percent. I was a big fan of them, which is why I sought out their movie. When I, I mean, I have the, I have a VHS copy of their movie, here. Yes, I said VHS.
1: Yeah, I, still got, I hardly watch them anymore, mm-hmm. but yeah, I still got VHS. I
4: have a VHS copy of Brain Candy. It was something I couldn't get rid of. I knew it was a rare, rare thing to have because that wasn't a very popular movie. Kids in the Hall are not incredibly popular in the United States.
1: Honestly, you know what? It's one of those things where I think it was ahead of its time. It really it, was. If you really, It's, kind of, it's like, um, man, what was that show? that Seth Rogen show, uh, Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Like, people appreciate it now, and it was genius. It was, But at the time, it was like people didn't get... They didn't appreciate it for what it was in the moment. Well, and I think sometimes shows... You, you have to have the ability of hindsight to appreciate what they were trying to yeah. do.
4: Yeah, and Kids in the Hall was sort of that uh, Monty Python kind of humor where, you know, the guys played the women. And, uh, you know, it, it was sort of weird like that. I mean, Dave Foley... I mean, everyone knows David Foley, I'm sure David Foley is you know he was on uh, uh not uh, radio. news radio um he's in Dr. Ken right now, if you watch the show Dr. Ken, he's in that right now. He was one of the kids in the hall. he's probably the most successful one out of kids in the hall, to be honest with you, um, but I mean he was one of them. And he, you know, he, he, but but, I mean, he's one of the most, literally is, I don't know any other of them that have done much more than, than him. Dave Foley is, but I mean, it it was just a, a, a different thing and we're just not used to seeing what the, you know, over there in London and people are seeing. So, but I was a big kids in the hall fan.
1: I was a Mr. Bean fan.
4: (laughs) Mr. Bean is underrated. If you know Mr. Bean, you know funny.
1: Yes, I mean, honestly, I I mean, you know, fuck it. We're going to have like a, we're going to have like a, this is going to be like a throwback segment where we're just going to do our favorite shows from back in the day and religiously here in Philly, I used to come on like, I want to say Sundays. Yeah. Like at 11 or 1130 at night. And I would love it. And miss anybody that never watched Mister Bean. Do yourself a favor. Obviously, he never. The whole gimmick was he never talked really, and when he did talk, it was very mumble mouth. Right. And I actually have like a set of like all of the episodes because I, I want to say he didn't do like a whole lot of it. it. Was like it was only like thirty something. It was like the honeymooners where he only did like thirty or forty episodes, and they were like twelve or fifteen minute clips.
4: Yeah, but you see a lot of the. I mean, look, Mister Bean is a part of. T- Tons of GIFs that you see on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And I love the movie,
1: too, Then Oh, yeah. The cartoon. I love everything about, this, you know, fucking Mr. Yeah, Bean. Yeah,
4: Mr. Bean was a great, uh, another kind of under-the-radar under character. But, yeah, he's fucking great, man. But, I um, mean, you know, a lot of those UK, you know, London guys, uh, the, the British comedians are fucking great. They're just a little underrated, but... You know, Kids in the Hall was probably one of my favorites. Their uh, Brain Candy if you've never seen that movie I, impl- I I I definitely think you should check it out. Everyone should check that movie out. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um it might be on Netflix last I looked it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can find, like, a, I'm noticing, like, with Netflix and YouTube and Daily Motion, a, a, a lot a lot of, of uh, cult classics are popping up. Mm-hmm. Here, I'll uh, Cause, like a, a lot of people, a lot of shows are being rediscovered, a lot of movies are being rediscovered, I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. In um, two we'll seconds,
4: clip. I'll see if uh, Brain Candy is still on Netflix. It used to be, I kind of doubt it is now, but... uh De- no it's not anymore uh definitely try to find brain candy it is a fucking great great fucking movie um but yeah oh, oh I, I gotta rant
1: on this for a second okay go ahead Never there rant. was part of the uh charm of married with children is the theme song right okay
2: yeah definitely it had the
1: real you know love and marriage yeah. and uh i actually uh have like the complete series on dvd they released it back in uh i want to say 2010 that's Sony released the original 11 seasons in a nice box set, uh-huh. which worked for me because you know you get all of the episodes in one uh, complete box set instead of having to buy them individually because that adds up. Uh-huh. And anybody that brought the seasons as they came out knows that for the first three years, the first three seasons they released, you hear unedited love and marriage. But then Sony got cheek. So from the fourth season onward, you don't hear, love Man. You hear like a basically think of watching ECW on the network. You hear this bullshit instrumental right. over the over the credits.
4: Right. I do remember that. And what So that would have been the 4th season 87. What year would that have been? Like 89, 90-ish. So there's no reason. The only reason for that would have been copyright
1: infringement laws getting stronger. Yeah, let me see here. Let me see. I, I pulled up, like I said, some random information. I took some notes. But I do remember you—you
4: <laughs> you used to hear the, you know, original Sinatra version. And uh, yeah, let me see. And uh, then the yeah. Sony.
1: Let me see the Sony DVD box sets from season three onward do not feature the original Love and Marriage theme song. And the opening sequence. This was done because Sony was unable to obtain the licensing rights to the song for later sets. Despite this, the end credits on the DVD for season three still include a credit for "Love and Marriage." And here, and here's the fucked up part. Uh, Mill Creek, Mill Creek Entertainment, and they and they normally have a a good track record. They've released like the complete series for a lot of shows, a lot of shows that never would have saw the light of day mm-hmm. if it wasn't for them. They released a, a nice box of uh, Roseanne. Which I we've talked about before. We like up until like the last couple of years, Roseanne was a damn good show. The last 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 year, year and a half was, de- yeah, was when brutal. when she started writing the episodes. De- yeah, that that last I'm still I de- love horrible. Roseanne, but that, no, that last horrible. that last episode was a big fuck you to the audience. But they we'll definitely get into that yeah. <laughs> on another episode. Because yeah, 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 yeah. that episode deserves a whole fucking rant. <laughs> good point. Go ahead. But uh, real quick, they a couple years after the box set that I bought, they re-released it mm-hmm. in uh, August of 2013. And part of the excitement of why people wanted this set to come out was because they promised that the show would be re-released, unedited, with the original theme music intact. Mm-hmm. Now, and they did do this. So if you, if you bought this new set that came out, you got every season, 1, one through 11, with the original music intact. But they the way they did it was they kinda like chopped up episodes. So in other words, by adding re-adding the music in, you lost like a lot of tag scenes. And what I say about a lot of tag scenes, you know, like back in the day where an episode would end and they would come back and they would have like a little 30 to 45 second clip that kind of tied everything together and then they would roll credits. Yeah. You lose that and you lose a lot of like you lose a lot of scenes. So in other words, if you get this new set you'll see scenes that don't make sense because they cut out, they they trimmed it up to the point where it took out scenes that kind of explained the whole scope of what they were going for. Right, right. So it's choppy, basically. Huh. So it's like one set gives you every episode unedited, but it's, you're missing the music. Right. The other one gives you the music and tech, but it fucks up episodes.
2: Wow.
4: I don't know why they would do that, man. It's weird. Weird why they would do that shit, man. But I don't know. I don't know, man.
1: Anyway, what else you got, yeah, bro? That, that, that was basically a season one review, or just a little general recap. But nice. every week, I wanted to get into a little segment of uh, the show because I mean it was on for eleven years, and obviously, I'm not going to get into all of eleven years in one night. But it was just like a little introductory thing of what I wanted to talk about. I just thought it was like weird. Yeah. Like when I was looking up some of the facts. That uh, let me see here. Longest front show. It was like I said. Episodes. The final episode was unceremoniously aired on June 9th, Well, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, so we're coming up on twenty years. Listen, it
4: was. It, it was one of the first controversial shows out there.
1: Yeah, it, it was basically the anti Cosby show. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and I, and I, it's kind of weird because I want to say it predated. It, this might have predated Roseanne. I think it did by a year. I, th- I, I want to so. say.
4: And you know, BMX is bringing up uh, Trailer Park Boys in the chat room here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting that now. I'll download that too and watch it. What's that Trailer Park Boys? Ah, as a great show, so I'll check that out too. I've been looking for a couple of shows to watch, so now I got a couple. Uh...
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, like I said, I think this will be a fun little segment. If you have a computer, if you have an internet connection, download Some Married With Children mm-hmm. and download whatever shows we're kind of going to get into over the next weeks and months ahead and call in and join the conversation. Recollect your favorite moments, your memories.
4: Absolutely, man. And you know what? I think that's a good place to end this shit, Anthony. Yes. So there you go. We uh reviewed another teen movie and we will be back to review another movie next week. Uh I believe we're going to do some sort of cop movie next week and uh boy, I'm really going to hate that.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm already telling you I already got I already have some uh, suggestions nice. for the poll in mine and this is going to be a hard one, folks. I'll be honest with you. It's going to be a hard one, so uh, get your thinking caps on. We're talking cop shows, movies, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh. Uh, I'll even throw heat in there, oh. even though that's name. Would you consider that a cop movie? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, honestly, whatever we, whatever I put on the poll week to week, we're going to get to eventually. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to make this one incredibly difficult. I mean, how do you pick, I mean, picking between Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, especially the first ones, it's like trying to ask somebody who their favorite kid is. Whatever
4: you guys want to see is what we're going to do, so we'll do it. Definitely, we want to do what you guys want to do. It's always better when you guys pick the movie, and uh, we will definitely do that, and on that note. Check us out right here every Friday night, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time, com slash THT Podcast. Uh, don't forget to check out me and Shaheen Wednesday nights, same place, Mixler.com slash THT Podcast for THT Wrestling Podcast. And uh, Anthony, I had fun, man. This was a lot more than I thought we'd get out of this movie, bro.
1: Definitely, definitely a good time. And thanks for hanging, folks. You got a <laughs> you got two shows for the price of one tonight. All right. <laughs>
4: By the way, the chat room is saying throw RoboCop in there.
1: Oh yeah, fuck yeah. I'm gonna throw it go. all. So it's going to, this, might be a, this might be a longer than usual poll.
4: <laughs> no problem, man. Alright, and on that note, Anthony, sir, you know what you need to do? I know. You do?
0: I'll go home and get your fucking shine box.
4: Uh, lady, y'all. Peace.